participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, October 31st, 2022, a.k.a. Halloween. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. I can't really feel my face. It's a little snug, but I wanted to get in the spirit because when I got here, uh, the studio was in the spirit. Thanks in large part Due to our guy, GC, he's a very festive guy, and you will see more of just how festive, festive he is in a moment. I can't hardly speak. I don't know if you guys can tell, but, like, my nose is sticking out here. It's being pinched. This mask, by the way, was given to me by the great Jessica Aguilar many moons ago, 
And I don't know if I ever actually wore it for more than five seconds. It's very tight, but I want it to be in the spirit because everyone loves El Nariz. He's a fan favorite of the children. And I'll be dressing up as El Nariz later on today when I go trick-or-treating with the children. It is my go-to costume. Anyway, I'm going to take this off right now. But can we just get another look at this studio? Look at this place. Look at it. Can we get? Yes, look at that. Look at that. Let's see that shot over there. I mean, look at this. The cobwebs. The spiders, the pumpkin, even the little bug thing on the, yeah, uh, whoop, yeah, no, go back, this shot, right here, camera A, let me get it right there, look at that, that's beautiful, one second, let me just take this off because, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. Uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Great to be here back from Arizona. Hope you all had a lovely weekend. We got a lot to get to. A no time to waste intro for all of you today because there's a lot going on in the world of combat sports. You may have seen me on uh, Showtime pay-per-view this past weekend. Uh, thank you all for the great messages of support. <laughs> thank you to all the lovers and the haters out there, the positive ones and the negative ones. I can't wait to get to all of it. Jake Paul beating Anderson Silva via decision. What a scene it was. What theater it was. I'm actually really curious to hear from the guys. I'm curious to hear from New York Rick, from GC, from Frank, uh, because obviously I'm very close to it. Um, literally and figuratively, I'm sitting right there ringside and it was a great experience and it was amazing to work with Morrow and Al Bernstein and GSP and Brian Custer and the entire Showtime sports team. Uh, they always make me feel very welcome, always make me feel uh, like I'm a part of the family, a part of the team. And uh, it was another fun one, really a dream come true to work on those uh, in the ring, outside of the ring, all of that. And it was especially special for me because I got to bring my family. Uh, my daughter was there, my my wife was there, my kids were there and, and it was... Uh, a very special one because it was my daughter's sixth birthday. So we got to travel together and it was the first time I brought my family on a trip and it was great. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. So a memorable weekend for me, a lot to get to. Let me tell you about today's program before I get to uh, get to the lineup. Let me tell you, as always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the UFC and the MMA Hour. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code the MMA Hour for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code the MMA Hour. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, back into the show, talk to the guys, uh, recap the weekend, all that and more. Uh, three o'clock, we'll talk to Sean O'Malley, his big win over Piotr Jan. Where does he go from here? 240, we'll talk to Sean Brady about his loss to Bilal Muhammad, first loss of his career. Where does he go from there? Uh, 220, we'll talk to Safe Saud, the head man over at Fortis MMA, was in the corner of Uriah Hall. They continue to be one of the best teams in the world, obviously based in Dallas, Texas. Two o'clock, more talking with the guys. 140, the great Katie Taylor stops by, had the big win over Karen Elizabeth Carabajal on Saturday at Wembley. And at 120, a man who I know was watching very closely on Saturday, one Tommy Fury will stop by to talk about Jake Paul and if he's next. Of course, Tommy Fury fighting on November 13th in Dubai against uh, the great Paul Bamba. So he has to get by that test first. We'll see if he does, if in fact, we finally get Fury versus Paul in 2023. Um, so a lot to get to. And I actually want to, usually I'll sit here and talk about the guys, um, you know, the the, the fights, uh, my reaction. Um, but I want to get to the guys early on because I'm really curious to hear what they thought of it all. I mean, I said a little bit how I felt on Saturday. I was very impressed 
with his performance. I was very impressed with what he did. I thought Anderson was going to win. I thought he was going to win via decision. It was a close fight. Obviously, the eighth round sealed it. The knockdown sealed it. Uh, I know people are still not going to want to give him credit. That's why I I said, what are they going to say now? Because remember, a year ago, they said he wouldn't fight Anderson Silva. A year ago, they said he wouldn't have the balls. A year ago, they said he couldn't beat Anderson if he accepted it. And now it's, uh, of course, as we predicted, he's old, he's 47, he's an MMA fighter, blah, 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 fight a real boxer. I can assure you, uh, Anderson is a tougher fight than a Tommy Fury type of boxer, right? Like the type of guy that he would fight if he was fighting your typical opponent that a 7-0 fighter is fighting. Ashton Sill fought that guy in the co-headliner, and he knocked him out in 30 seconds. Uh, you are fighting guys who haven't fought in three years, who are 1-12, this and that. But of course, you know, he plays by a different set of rules. So let's bring in the guys here and see how they felt about it all. And there we go. Here's, <laughs> And it's going to be great to have this very serious conversation uh, about Jake Paul with... Uh, GC, who is joining us from where? Parts Unknown, GC? Parts Unknown, you know, Halloween, I got myself lost. I got a pterodactyl now. Uh, yeah, this is I incredible. Mean, I mean, this is amazing. We're coming in live. It's tough. You know, the fan not doing the best job in the world. You know, this guy's supposed to be a little bit bigger, but... Uh, what fan? You know, yeah, what fan? I thought that was just exactly like the... Yeah, come on, what are you talking about? I thought that was just like, you know, the uh, the ambiance. Yeah. It looks like you're in some sort of uh, spooky locale, maybe uh, a Sleepy cemetery. Hollow. Yeah, Sleepy Hollow, something like that. With a large industrial fan. Yeah, I think he uh, lost us. Going to me. I have uh, completely <laughs> lost audio. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> well, you look great. It, honestly, you don't need to contribute much a, other than disaster. this. No, this is fantastic. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sort that out in a moment. Let me go to New York, Rick, here, because I yeah. always appreciate your no-nonsense no approach to all of this. Sure. Uh, now, here we are, 36 hours removed from what we saw on Saturday. Jake Paul Anderson Silva, you were one of the many who said, fight Anderson, right? That should be the next fight. 100%. What did you make of uh, what we saw on Saturday? Yeah, I think we saw somebody who's drastically improving. I think we saw a better Jake Paul than we saw last time. I think we saw somebody in Anderson Silva who was a capable opponent. To your point, I personally think better than the boxers at the level that he would have been facing. Um, So I agree with your point there 100%. I think Anderson Silva was more competitive. Um, So yeah, I was impressed. I left very impressed uh, with the Are you allowed to say Jake you're Paul. impressed? Because I, I, I you know, I, I said I was impressed, and the avalanche of hatred that I received afterwards by just giving this guy credit, and I understand why. Listen, I understand why MMA fighters feel a certain way about all this. In particular, mm-hmm. I sympathize with the MMA fighters, right? Because the MMA fighters are seeing this kid who took a shortcut in essence, who didn't work his way up the... Uh, guys, can we just cut GC's audio because I can hear them speaking, so just Frank, if you could just turn down his uh, his audio, that would be great. Um, and the fan as well. He took a shortcut. Yep. He's getting paid a but, lot more than them. But did he? That's the question. Did he really take a shortcut? Like, as we've said, the level of opposition that he's facing is higher than most people in that competitive space in boxing. 100%. No, I just mean he took a shortcut to the spotlight. He took, sure. he, okay. he took a shortcut. Fair enough. Me, by the way, that's completely discrediting like how hard it is to become a YouTuber. People just throw yeah, exactly. it out like you could just get a million views. Yeah. Uh, that in, its, in itself is tough. But 
in their I, eyes, I get what you're saying. He took though. a shortcut in the fight game, and now he's beating up you know legends who they would all like yeah. to fight, who they would all sign up to fight, and is making way more money than they make in the UFC or in any other MMA promotion. So I can understand where they're coming from. And then I understand where the fans are coming from to a degree where it's like, hey, we saw this pimply-faced kid you know, on YouTube three years ago. He couldn't yeah. even throw a punch. How is it possible that he's doing this, right? Yeah. Again, to reiterate your point, Anderson Silva at 47 is infinitely better than anyone that he would fight as a 5-0 and boxer. He is better than some... Pro boxers out there, in my opinion, we did, oh, yeah. did we forget what he did to Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. a month, uh, excuse me, a year and a half or so ago, knocking out Tito Ortiz as well. Like the guy knows how to box, and so yeah. the the next thing you hear is like, oh, fight Tommy Fury. I think Anderson is just as tough, if not tougher, at this point at forty seven than those types of opponents. But people don't want to give him credit. People don't want to give him his due because they feel like he's not earning it because he's not putting in the work. He he is though. He is putting in the work. Oh, yeah. You don't get. I, I I was there for the last three fights. The guy who fought Tyron Woodley in August last year loses that fight on Saturday. For sure. He gasses out. He gets rocked. He might even get knocked out. The guy who fought Tyron Woodley in December probably loses that fight. He has improved dramatically. Now, how far does he go? Can he beat Canelo? Of course not. I don't know. We're not even going to. But this reluctancy to give him any kind of credit whatsoever is mind-blowing to me. And I'm wondering why it is, where it comes from. Oh, it's very simple. They're not even mad at Jake Paul. They're mad at themselves. It comes from a place of their own insecurities. They want to project them onto Jake Paul, and he represents that for them. Because they're unhappy, they want everybody else to be unhappy because they're not succeeding or achieving. They want everybody else not to succeed and achieve. So when Jake Paul does, it makes them feel bad. That's not everybody, but that's a lot of people. And that, and that applies to a lot of different people and their different allegiances. You know, Aljamain Sterling spoke about this before, so... That's where it comes from. I don't think it has to do with a, an objective analysis of Jake Paul's boxing. I mean, it, it's obvious. It's obviously not that. It's obviously not. you know how hard not. it is to go eight rounds against anyone? Yeah. In the world? Like, even against, like, me versus you eight rounds. We're both gassing out in four. I'm done in, in one. Yeah. You know, I, I, like I told you, I, I go to a trainer twice a week. I hit mitts. I'm exhausted after three minutes. You know what I mean? So to do that on that stage with that many people watching on, on you know, on Showtime pay-per-view with a spotlight yep. on you and then to go toe-to-toe with anyone let alone someone like Anderson with his you know allure playing the mind games and all that stuff and succeeding to me was really really impressive we both thought by the way we both thought he was going to lose right I thought this was the one where he bit off yeah. too much let me say two things please one he stokes this a little bit 100% asking for Canelo Alvarez Changes this sure. conversation, right? It almost He's hurts him there. more. Yeah, it it hurts the if if you want to say this is where I am, rate me properly, but you're not. You can't be talking about Canelo. He's not there. Canelo would take him out in five seconds. It's just not real. It's just Agreed. it just doesn't help. Agree. But I saw a, a clip of Anthony Smith yeah. going around, um, who I think, by the way sidetrack one of the smartest analysts we have Agreed. like he is he is really on point he made some salient cogent points about whether um mma fans had a sorry i was a little bit distracted yeah. hearing myself um he made a point about why mma fans and fighters have a reason to be a little bit perturbed or upset about the the way the jake paul experiment and all this stuff is going i agreed with some of it i agree with the idea that 
he is trotting out some of the guys who are the tail end of their career, and he's not fighting the cream of the crop. But first of all, he shouldn't be. That's not where he's at. Right, period. Right. Um, but the other point, the other part where I disagree with Anthony Smith, is that if he was in that position, if he wasn't somebody who was a top ranked light heavyweight and chasing a UFC title, but instead somebody on the tail end of the career looking to transition over to boxing, like an Anderson Silva. He'd be the first to say, don't judge me. I'm taking this fight. I want to die on my shield. You know, don't take me out of there. This is an opportunity for me. So, and I don't want to put words in his mouth. Maybe he wouldn't. So let me, let me walk that back a little bit. But I think there's a lot of fighters out there who would be dying for these opportunities when it feels like MMA has chewed them up and spit them out. And now boxing is giving them another opportunity. So I think his point about like Jake Paul is chewing them up and spitting them out is fair but MMA would have already done that or has already done that. So I don't think it's fair to kind of put that all all that responsibility on Jake Paul to keep them safe or, or not want to fight these types of opponents. Because I think MMA has already rinsed their hands of them or will soon or, you know, however we go, sure. whether it be Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley or Anderson Silva. MMA has already chewed them up and spit them out. So for Jake Paul to give them an opportunity to make more money. I'm okay with that, even if we can accept the reality that, yeah, they're not in their prime, and yeah, they are, he's fighting a 47-year-old man, but somebody that many of us, myself included, thought would beat him. Jake Paul versus MMA has been a very brilliant and lucrative feud. For sure. Uh, he would be silly to end it now, and it doesn't seem like he wants to end it. He's also only fighting the guys who are available. How many of these names are available, that, right? How many the of these thing. ex-UFC guys are available? I, I think, personally, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, that he would fight guys who are younger, but how many of those guys are available? They aren't. There isn't. Tyron Woodley, again, it's a lot of revisionist history. People thought he bit off too much fighting Woodley. Now it's, oh, he was a wrestler. People yep. thought he was biting off too much against Anderson. Oh, he's, a, he's, a, he's an old guy. He's washed up, this and that. So it's all this you know revisionist Monday morning 100%. quarterbacking going on. But if you can strip all that away, I was leaving... Phoenix yesterday, and I saw George St. Pierre in the airport, and I didn't get to talk to him after the fight. I was like, George, I keep seeing these people like discrediting him, calling me crazy for even giving him one ounce of credit. What did you think? You're freaking George St. Pierre. Oh, okay, now people, I get after this, people say, well, he's not a real boxer. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. He was like, man, I was super impressed. I didn't think he was going to do that to him. He was great. He went to the body. I mean, I have some of the stats here, and this is courtesy of my, my friend Dan Canobio of uh, CompuBox. Uh, he does work with CompuBox, but also has his own show, Inside Boxing Live. He does a tremendous job. Through 215 jabs, 140 more than Anderson Silva, 42% of his power shots he landed through 30 body shots, landed 30 body shots, was averaging 42 punches per round up from the 27 in his last fight. Like, this is an improved fighter. Is For he sure. the next champion in his weight class? Is he fighting Canelo next and beating him? No. But to not sit back and say, oh, th- like, this guy, like, can you not even... Like, bring yourself to do that, that blows my mind. And then also, please, can I just make one, like, can I make one plea? plea if I can? If he's listening, please. Elon Musk, I know you're a big fan of the show. Please, <laughs> please start charging us to use Twitter. Please. And I hope Twitter fucking burns to the ground and swallows up every single person that is on that piece of shit tool because this, this, this Zapruder film... QAnon bullshit that this shit is fixed, these bullshit videos Mm. that this shit is fixed, that this shit is rigged, that you are coming out with before the fight, 
to hell with all of you guys. To hell with all of you. If you don't, if you want to say he's handpicking opponents, if you want to say he sucks, if you want to say he's annoying, if you want to say he's 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 the worst of humanity, great. But to call this shit fixed, to see that with my own eyes, and then to go online and see people make up these videos that this shit is rigged and fixed, to hell with all of you. And I hope that Elon Musk somehow burns Twitter to the ground so we never have to be resorted or subjected to any of this bullshit ever again because it is seriously ruining the fight game. It is ruining it for me. I'm going to say, hi, Elon. Yeah, uh, hi. Don't do that. No, please. S- this happens on all platforms, not just Twitter. Fuck. Please, Elon. Um, this is, this keep them is on, one of the keep them on the other bullshit platforms. Um, agree with you. I mean, it's just absurd. Um, but to the point, you know, you talked about he needs to beat a boxer. I've always said and long said, and I think at this point, hopefully you agree with me. It doesn't really matter. They will find a reason. Also, ignoring the fact that he was booked to fight two boxers this summer. But it doesn't matter. They will find a re- the, these people. I don't want to say they as some nebulous thing. The people who do not want to give Jake Paul credit will always find a way to not give Jake Paul credit. So whether he fights a boxer, whether he fights Canelo Alvarez and wins, they will find a reason that this was Fugazi. They'll make up something like your like your uh. point about it's fixed. There will always be a reason. It doesn't matter if he fights a boxer. It doesn't matter, matter if he revives Muhammad Ali and fights him. There will always be a reason for people who hate Jake Paul to hate Jake Paul. Oh, my God. If he revives, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe dark. we could do the hologram yeah, fight. Um, it's Halloween. And the other thing I'll say, it's one it, it is acceptable. You can make a very reasonable case that he's improved, that he's continuing to improve, that he's a boxer at this point, and also say that somebody like Tyron Woodley or Anderson Silva, who have in their MMA careers been known for moments of inactivity, allow him to look better than maybe against somebody else. It's okay to be objective about these things without pretending that only these one of these two realities can be true. It's okay to give Jake Paul credit, and it's okay to also say that Anderson Silva or Tyron Woodley or Ben Askren maybe were not the opponents that were going to push them or test them in the way that we thought. It's okay to say all these things. Uh, but but I that's think how Anderson fights, right? I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm no expert. That's what makes Anderson Anderson. Sure, and when I was in his locker room, his guy told me, like, we're going to put on a clinic here. You think we're going to get into a, a firefight with this guy? That's what they told me, yeah. and that's exactly what he did. That was their game plan. Um, now, I guess people can say that was disappointing, or he threw the fight. It's all BS. That's exactly what he wanted to do, and that's what he did against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. It was successful against him. It wasn't successful against Jake. So now let's see where we go from here, and it's yeah. going to be a very interesting story to follow. But to me, like... I learned something. I, I learned, first of all, I have an infinite amount of respect for Anderson. Anderson at 47 doing this is incredible. Um, yeah. Not a lot of athletes could do that, period. We've seen other people have success at that age in boxing, the Bernard Hopkins of the world. Obviously, he's not at his level because he wasn't a pro boxer. But the fact that he stood in there and did his thing, I mean, and, and handled it all like a pro, like an absolute, you know, class act was great. And now, you know, this this story isn't going away. It's not going away anytime soon, which leads us to our first guest of the day. So uh, put a pin in it for a moment, and we'll also check back in with GC. But uh, I'm, I'm listening to a lot of people on this Monday. I'm reading a lot of people saying, fight a boxer, fight a boxer, fight a boxer, fight Tommy Fury. That's the fight. That's the one to make. And so I thought, hey, let's check in with Tommy Fury, who's actually fighting um, himself next week, not this weekend, next weekend, November 13th, in Dubai against Paul Bama on the card that is headlined 
by Floyd Mayweather versus Deji. Tommy Fury joining us once again on the program. Let's say hello to him. Hello, Tommy. How are you? Happy Halloween, my friend. Happy Halloween. Yeah, I appreciate hope it. Everyone is, um, hope everyone's doing well. Thanks for, thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, happy Halloween. What can I say? It's nice and spooky over in England and uh, can't wait for fight night. I, I appreciate you coming on, being in the in the spirit. Also, apologies to you. I didn't realize that the UK changed their clocks a week before us, so I screwed you up with the time. So thanks for being a, a gent and coming on a little early. Don't worry, I wasn't doing anything that other hour anyway. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. Uh, so everyone wants to know, uh, what do you think of Jake's performance on Saturday? Um, honestly, I don't know what to think of it because, you know, I don't want to be coming across as that, you know, hate. I just hate Jake Paul. Like, you just can't fight, right? But please look what a 48-year-old man has done with him. Like, I'm not being funny, but at the end of that fight, he looked like he'd been in a fight with the WBC, like heavyweight champion. Like, he looked gone. Like, he was, he, he went through the trenches in that fight. You know, he, he got roughed up. And that's a 48-year-old man. I mean, Anderson Silva is not too far off my dad's age. I mean, I'm not, listen, Anderson Silva's a great... Well, let's 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 be real and let's talk here properly on how it is. The man's nearly fifty years of age. He's not trained as a boxer. He's he's a he's a professional icon, one of the best to ever do it in the UFC in a cage under a different set of rules. He trains in a lot of mixed martial arts. Now, when Jake Paul steps in with a, a man who just trains in boxing, you know I, I find it especially after seeing it Saturday. I don't see Jake Paul beating any average boxer like. Uh, even even um, a not that good boxer would beat Jake Paul just purely because everything they do is it, they they know about the sport. You know, no disrespect to Anderson Silva because he's got big corners getting in there with a young fresh man at fifty. So all respect to him, all, all respect to both men. At the end of the day, they got in there and they had a good fight, and that's it. Okay, uh, just a small correction. It doesn't change your point. 47, 47, 48, You know, tomato, tomato. But just want to. I don't want to make Anderson feel too old. Um, <laughs> Is there any part of you that feels like he... I just said before you came on, the Jake that fought Tyron Woodley in August of last year, the first fight, loses that fight on Saturday. I think he gasses out. He probably gets knocked out. So I was impressed, the gas tank, that he went the distance. Was there any part of you that was like, okay, he has shown some improvement since last year? Um, Yeah, I mean, this guy, I mean, he's bound to be getting you know better and better because you know he's got money to spend on you know, trainers. He's got money to spend on sparring partners. And, you know, if he's taking it as seriously as he says he's doing, he should be improving. Um, you know, I can't really say that the improvements are very drastic because I know as a professional boxer and myself and being around it all my entire life and coming from it, the only way you can get better at being a boxer is by getting in there and actually having fights. Now, Jake Paul, I think that was his six fights or something yeah. like that. Yeah. He's not had any amateur fights, so... You know, he is slowly improving, but it's, it's going to take a long while for him to get to any level as a boxer because the only way you can get better is by getting in the ring and having those fights. It's the same for myself. You know, I could be as good as I want in the gym, but when you get underneath the lights, it's different. You know, if, if we all learn as quick as we do in the gym, you know, everyone will be a world champion by now. You only learn by getting underneath the lights in front of a crowd and having the fights, and he's only had six fights. But listen... um, there's not, there's not too much I can say on the man. You know, he's getting in there, he's doing what he's doing. But in, in respect to being a boxer and doing anything as a boxer, I think he's got a very long way to go. By the way, going into the fight, who did you think was going to win? Oh, I said I said even before the fight, you know, I don't, I don't know if the footage has been released yet, uh, but I was filming for my upcoming fight and they asked me the same question. 
And I said Jake, Jake Paul. Okay. You know, I, I always knew Jake Paul would win this fight purely because, you know, no matter what anybody says, anybody who's old can be out there saying age is just a number. No, age is age for a reason, and it catches up with you. And you and a fifty-year-old man cannot cannot do the same as what he did when he's 24, 25. And you've seen that on Saturday night. You know, Anderson Silvery, he he was going, he was getting gassed himself. You know, as a, a very experienced man in fighting, he was getting gassed himself, and that's purely because the man's fifty years old. I think he did. I think he done a remarkable job for getting in there and going the distance. I think he done very, very well. But I knew Jake Baldwin because he's the younger, fresher man, and you know, youth beats old age any day of the week. Now uh, we all remember this past summer. Uh, I was supremely excited to see you versus him at MSG. Uh, I think the fans were. I, I'd heard that the pre-sale w- went went great. Uh, was was en route to smashing records. Why didn't it happen, Tommy? What can you tell us about why it didn't happen? It's already out there, you know, for why that fight didn't happen. I mean, I was on my way to New York with my full team that morning at the airport, and I got Mm-mm, not today. Sorry, sir. And it's still the same answer today. Wow. I cannot get into America even right now. I cannot go to America. Let's just forget the boxing talk. America's my favorite place to go. The food, the weather, everything, the people. I love America. I love everything to do with America. And it stopped me from going there. You know, in my own personal life, you know, me and the missus love going to New York around Christmas. Can't do that. You know, we can't we can't do a number of things now. Um, so boxing is just not what, you know, that has affected. But that is still the same right now. I cannot enter America. And that is exactly why the fight didn't happen. If I could and was able to be in the country, that fight would have happened. And you wouldn't have been hearing about Jake Paul anymore. Why can't you get into America? It's it's through, you know, I can't really speak on it because it has nothing to do with me. You know, the matter of what's going on, you know, ongoing at the minute, um, it really is nothing to do with me. So therefore, I can't really speak on it because, like I said before, I have no idea, you know, why my name has got caught up in this. Um, and, and it's a mess at the end of the day. I've still got lawyers working on it at the minute. Um, but it, I don't feel like I know anything about the situation to comment or give comment. I think my name's just got, you know, tangled up in things along the way. You know, things have been said and things have been mislaid and stuff like that. And I think it's all just been put a block on it. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, the situation that's going on, I'm pretty sure some people are aware of it and that's looked into it. And, you know, and me and Tyson just can't get in America at the minute. And that's just the way it is. I understand it's a very sensitive topic and saying anything could could affect it. So, you know, I, I, I won't put you in an uncomfortable position. Obviously, I know what you're referring to, the Kinahan situation, and hopefully it gets resolved for you so that you can move along with your career. I'm just wondering, do you have any sense when this could be over? Like, do you think maybe after this um, this fight on November 13th, come next year, could you come to the States or are they telling you it's an indefinite thing? Do you have any idea? I don't know, honestly, and that's that's what I pay my lawyers for, and you know my legal team every day. You know they're they're sorting it, and I said to them, please get this resolved, you know, as soon as possible. Um, and that's where I've left it at the moment. You know, I'm hoping it gets you know resolved asap because you know I want to come to America, not just for boxing, right. just for everything else in you know, my day to day life, um, and of course for the big one to get this fight over the line. Um, but if it's not resolved, and if it doesn't get resolved for a long time, you know, I don't, I can't speak on that. I don't know how long this is going to take, but. So let's say it's a long time. Let's get it on over here. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not interested where I fight. I'll fight that man wherever. I'm not bothered. You know, if we could get there, this would this would have been all done and settled. But I am ready to go, honestly. I'm not overlooking Paul Bam and my next opponent because I treat every fight like it's a world title fight. And I train as I do accordingly. And so I've got to get free business on November 13th. And I am ready. You know, I've said this all on 
you don't have to call me out. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to try and build a fight. I'm here. And all these people that's been saying I've been running for, for these past two fights, they don't know the half of it. You know, the last time was not my fault. It was legal. It was, it was to do with law. You know, and nobody's above the law. Let's, let's put it that way. The first time what happened, two, I think three weeks to go to the fight, broke rib. You know, and I've got I've put scans out there. I've put doctors, things out there. I've done everything I can. I want this fight. There is no reason why I wouldn't want this fight. I'm sitting here right now comfortably telling you and all the viewers, I will beat Jake Paul. Everyone going on about this YouTube boxing and whatnot, you're looking at the king of Amir, and I'm not even a YouTube boxer. But of all my names been passed yeah. to and fro, it's the KSI's, Jake Paul. I will flog them all on the same night. So I'm comfortably sitting here saying, why wouldn't I want this fight? For everyone out there thinking I'm running scared, I don't want this fight, why not? It's a great big money fight for me, great exposure and an easy fight. Because I'm preparing in my career day in and day out in the gym to fight world champions. People who can put your lights out with a jab. That's what I'm preparing to fight. And you're asking me to go and fight Jake Paul. Not a problem. I've said this all along. So if all goes well on the 13th for you, will that be you know the mission for you and the team to try to make this? I actually think, and I haven't asked him this uh, specifically, and I think it would give the fight and his career... Uh, uh, like a nice, interesting, fresh new layer to the upcoming fight if he traveled to the UK. And I understand he's somewhat popular. I know you're extremely popular over there. You guys fight in the UK. The crowds are great. I don't know, O2, pick a place. It would be fantastic theater. I think he would do it. I don't want to speak on his behalf, but I feel like he's crazy enough to do it. Do you guys, will you try to make this happen for 2023? Are you going to try to resurrect those talks? And if your situation isn't cleared up here in America, maybe do the fight in the UK? You know, I'm very open to it, 100%. You know, let me handle business on November 13th and come through that. And then definitely, you know, I'm not going to wait around for Jake Paul. That's one thing I'm definitely not going to do. I'm going to get on with my career, like I've always said. And if those fights happen, those fights happen. But am I am I welcome a fight in the UK? 100%. We've got stadiums, open-air stadiums over here, 90,000, 70,000. You think it could 20, draw that much? Whatever you want. Oh, 100%, yeah. I can't walk down the street for the past two years without, without anybody asking me the same question. When are you fighting Jake? When's this fight happening? I don't believe there's anyone in this country that wouldn't come to that fight. I think over here that that would do that would break all records because Jake is very popular over here. Mm. You know, I'm my popularity lies here in the in the UK. So yeah, I think definitely we could draw seventy thousand for that. I've seen worse. I've seen worse a draw for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, KSI drew twenty five thousand at the O2 Arena for a Mexican who. I doubt he's even a Mexican after that performance and a rapper. So I think me and Jake Paul can put on 70,000, 100%. I I heard him mention you as well. If you had your choice, which one interests you more? Because I know KSI is a huge deal in the UK as well. KSI or or Jake Paul? Both in the same night, preferably. (laughs) Both in the same night, honestly. Let me tell you now, this is is what I'm going to say. And, you know, I haven't really spoke on the Jake Paul situation much over these recent months, but... When you see me get in the ring with one of these guys, I don't know who it's going to be first, whether it's KSI or Jake Paul, you will see the definition of an easy night. You will see why I've been saying what I've been saying. These guys can't fight. These, honestly, it's like me dragging someone off a white-collar event, someone who's just started amateur boxing and asking them to come in the gym and spar. There's levels to this game, and people have to understand that. And I know I'm not at any sort of level myself in my career. I'm only eight fights in, number nine coming up. But I'll tell you what, I've been around it my entire life. I had amateur fights, I won titles as an amateur. And honestly, it plays a big part. And you will see that with whoever I get in the ring with first. Who's better in your opinion, 
Jake or KSI? I've got I've got to say Jake is better than KSI. <laughs> KSI, honestly, I think my mother could knock out KSI in a round. What? He, the, yeah, I'm I'm telling you. When I watched him fight them two men, I wasn't even looking at the two men because they're useless. I was looking at him and how he, what he does as a boxer. He can't fight. They're like there's some people in this world that are rough and ready, can fight with no training, whatever. He can't fight. You look at KSI, and I don't see a fighting man. I see a pretender plays FIFA on YouTube, whatever he's famous for. I don't see anything. And I think I think with both men, when these fellas get it, when they get it sticky and tough in the ring, and they take a few good shots, I'm not talking about a slapping uppercut off a 50 year old man that glazed him. I'm talking about a proper right hand straight down the pipe, and the wobbled and legs go. I want to see the true colours, and that'll tell me a lot. But I can see a man, and I can judge him very well. And the moment that happens to either one of them two, they're going to look for a back door, or they're going to look for a knee. They're going to look for a way out. And that's the difference between me and them. When you hear Jay call out Canelo in the ring, I don't know if you heard the post-fight interview, but if you know, you, you, I'm sure you've heard him talk about Canelo. What do you think? Um, clickbait. Mm. Viewers. Um, getting himself talked about. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Jake Paul talking about him. He's made a living off getting people to talk about him. He's not a stupid man. He's a very clever man. He'll mention the big names. You know, Canelo's one of the biggest names in boxing. Um, and of course, he's mentioned him for a reason. He gets people talking. And that's exactly what he wants. But what do I take that seriously? Not at all. No. I think um, the day... I'd, I think it'll be very, very, very far in the future when Canelo's retired and done with boxing that we'll see Canelo in the ring with Jake Paul. Um, you know, if it ever happens. I just think it's, you know, a name for Jake Paul to throw out there. I don't believe it'll happen one day. You know, the McGregor stuff, maybe, because he's another MMA guy. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Jake Paul, how much can you really take serious of him? I don't think a lot. You versus him, how long does it last? <sighs> However long I want it to last. <laughs> but honestly, I'll tell you this now, yeah. The first clean shot I land, and I'm talking about clean shot, the first clean shot that lands, he will be on the deck. And he will, and he will not get up. Because I've been around fighting all my life, and I've... I've sparred and I've fought, even fought people, these journeymen that have been fighting and, and the, the, re, the recent guys that I've been fighting, you know, they've been getting hit and down all the air, up and down in the head all those, all the lives. And I guarantee when I connect on him with 10-ounce gloves on, he's going down and he's staying down because he's not a fighter. Trust me, if, if, if everyone wanted to pick up boxing at 22 and 23 and 24 and talk about being a world champion, I think everyone would, you know, there's champions in the sport are very, very rare. And some guy who's just come along off YouTube wanted to throw his wanted to throw his, you know, hands in it and whatever like that. For him to succeed, it's gonna take a very special, special individual. And all these ones that talk and talk and talk and disrespect and this and that, they end up, you know, can't fight. Floyd Mayweather said it best said it best. The moment Jake, while he's fighting MMA guys, He's going to look incredible. He's going to look like the dog's bollocks. He's going to look like he can stand a chance with anyone. Mm. But the minute he gets in there with half a fighter, everyone will see the, the, the true colours of Jake Paul. And that's the truest thing that I've heard all, all this over the past two years. And you don't think a 47-year-old Anderson is better than like some 1-12 in 12 guy that a typical 5-0 and boxer would fight? You, 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 despite the age, you don't think no. that? No. No, because honestly, and let me speak from experience, these guys that you see, these journeymen, yeah. they might be they might be 0 and 70, let's yeah. say. They might they might have won two fights in 50. But I'll tell you what they have been. They've been in there with Olympic gold medalists, they've been in there with national champions, they've been in there with every sort of amateur champion. They've been 
in boxing fights 70 times plus. And a, and the role of a journeyman for people who don't know out there, they show up and they get paid and, and they don't have any ambition to win because their ambition is to fight the following week to get a payday to support the family. Now, these guys, they've been in there. They've took the shots around the head. And I guarantee Jake Paul could not stop an average journeyman because they've been in there that many times with prospects. They know how to cover up. They know how to get through the fight. They know how to survive because they've been there. They've been getting smashed to pieces by prospects. They know how to get through a fight. And Jake Paul wouldn't know how to open him up because he hasn't got that experience. And people that know about boxing will understand perfectly what I've just said there. And I couldn't have put it any better. So November 13th, you return to action. Uh, Mayweather Deji, it's on DAZN here in America. Do you feel like you need, you know, to kind of put an exclamation point on this performance? Because I really do think this fight could happen next year and you get on the microphone, you call him out like, let's go, let's go, Tommy, let's make this. I feel the fire in you coming through the screen right now. Is that part of the plan here? Go out there, smoke this guy, get on the microphone. Jake, let's do it. See you in the UK in March, April, whatever it is. And let's finally make this happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm going out there no, November 13th. You know, I'm not looking for no points for him or faffing about and going over there to do a demolition job. Um, I've put myself in the hardest to training camps with Tyson up in Morecambe for weeks and weeks on end. I've been sparring him for this fight because cool. he's the best southpaw in the world, obviously. And I've got a southpaw on the 13th. So what better sparring? You know, I'm, I'm in I'm in amazing condition. And I'm ready to go out there and put on a hell of a performance. And I don't need to call out Jake Paul for this fight. I think you put a poll out there who wants to see me and Jake Paul. It's 100% yes. You know, everyone wants to see this fight because if Jake Paul and KSI didn't have to fight me, they wouldn't. They have to fight me to prove that they are a legitimate boxer. They have to. There is nobody else with my following and my exposure with eight fights in. There's nobody. So if they want to be regarded as a boxer, they have to go through me. This fight between me and Jake does not need selling. And I'm definitely, definitely going to take care of business next year, whether that's in America or the UK. I love it. Uh, Tommy, thank you as always for the time. Good luck to you on November 13th. And most importantly, my friend, uh, early congratulations to you and the missus. I know you're expecting father. Nothing more exciting than that. Nothing better than that. No greater gift than that. Uh, I should have said that at the top, but I was very excited about your T-shirt, so I got uh, thrown off there. Uh, so I hope that she's feeling good, and I, I wish you guys the best with the uh, the upcoming birth. Thank you very much. means a lot. God bless, and uh, yeah, stay safe. Take right. it easy, guys. Good luck to you. There he is, Tommy Fury joining us. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card and the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet five bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code Hour. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 
Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA. Dot com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, he's fired up. I, I got to say, he's getting me excited. I was excited over there. I feel like there's a real chance. You know, everyone's talking about the Nate Diaz situation, the Nathan Diaz situation. Here's what you have to remember. Still not free um, from the UFC and their exclusive negotiation period until mid-December. And then they can match any offer. So I don't think that they're going to, you know, go quietly into the night. And also worth remembering, every time you think that Nate is going to take the fight that you think he's going to take, he doesn't take it. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes... Um, in a different direction. I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, tries to get one fight under the real fight umbrella and then wins that fight and then looks to a Jake Paul, something like that. Uh, so don't think that that is fed out complete. I actually think there's a very good chance if Tommy looks good that that's the fight that we see, um, you know, in early 2023, first quarter of 2023. Now, uh, if you didn't like the Jake Paul fight for whatever reason and uh, that wasn't really your thing. I hope you watched earlier in the day when the greatest female boxer in the history of the sweet science went to work and did her thing and won rather convincingly once again and rather dominantly once again and proved once again that she is the greatest right now and the greatest of all time. She's the number one pound for pound queen in boxing. She is the undisputed lightweight champion. She defended successfully once again her four titles and she proved once again why she is the best and she proved once again why she needs to fight at home. An honor to now speak to Katie Taylor after her win. This is a first for all of us. Let's go and say hello to Katie once again. Hello, Katie. How are you? How's, how's it going? Uh, thanks again for the lovely introduction. <laughs> always, always for you, Katie. Uh, congratulations on the win. So lovely to have you on a Monday after one of your big victories. So thank you so much for making some time. Yeah. Usually, like I like I joked last time, usually you uh, you disappear. So this is a real treat for us. Thank you. Thank you. I guess this is my big feature that you were talking about the last time. <laughs> yes, this is it. So how do you feel about what you did out there on Saturday? Were you happy with your performance? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, I definitely boxed really well at times in spots. And it, it, it wasn't a perfect performance, but a very, very, uh, I thought I won uh, every round. And um, yeah, I thought it was a great display of boxing on Saturday night. I was happy enough. And um, just a great night overall. Um, 22 fights, 22 wins, and still undefeated. So I can't complain. Why wasn't it perfect? I thought you won every round convincingly. Why, in your mind, wasn't it perfect? Um, I mean, it was a lovely display of boxing at times and spots, but um, I would have liked it to have had a cleaner performance at times as well. But um, I, I'm always my, my biggest critic, I think. And um, I think that's obviously a good thing. You want, you want to just continue to improve. Um, a great performance overall, but there's definitely uh, spots to improve on. She's um, a bit of an awkward fighter, right? Tall, lanky. Did you feel like she was a little bit awkward to fight? Yeah, she was definitely very awkward. Really tall, long arms, like you said. And she's definitely a lot tougher than I expected as well. Every time I did catch her with a clean shot, she came back fighting. So she obviously wasn't stepping in there unbeaten for, for no reason. Um, she was very, very game. And um, yeah, she was obviously a tough, a tough South American fighter. And she had a lot of pride in there, so all credit to her as well. Uh, nice on a Monday to not... Yeah, I know you said that you bruise easily, but uh, wasn't the war that you went through in April. I would imagine you're you're feeling pretty good after Monday as opposed to the Monday after the Serrano fight. 
on Stephanie a lot different today than rather than uh, some other fights I've been involved in. I came out fairly unscathed and un- un- unharmed. Um, a, f- a few little marks, but not- nothing to uh, to worry about. I know yeah. you are asked this question and you were asked this question leading up to the fight, but now that it's over, I'm wondering if the response is any different. Um, coming off a fight of that magnitude in April and then coming into this one where your opponent isn't as well known and maybe the stakes aren't as high, do you ever find yourself searching for motivation and ever feeling like you are lacking it because it's not the name and the stakes? No, I, I actually don't find it difficult to motivate, but to motivate myself at all. I was obviously headlining the show, which is a big deal. I know there's going to be a lot of Irish people in the, in the, in the crowd as well. And it's important to come through these fights um, um, in a, in a great fashion as well. So uh, every single fight is important and, it's obviously so important to keep winning. If, if, if I didn't win on Saturday night, the big fights won't happen. Um, the, the big homecoming fight next year, for example, wouldn't have happened if, it, if, uh, if things went, went badly on Saturday night. So uh, every single fight's important. And um, I just want to keep uh, keep proving why I, I feel like I am the best in the world. And what about, you know, your, your star is so uh, bright right now. We talked about how you were on that list, most marketable athletes and whatnot. Did you feel, and despite the fact that maybe she wasn't the biggest name, but a lot of pressure, I feel like now on you to keep this going, especially coming off of that fight. Did it feel like there was more pressure on your shoulders coming off the last performance? Uh, there's definitely a lot of pressure in, in a fight like that when you're, when the, the odds from you are so high. I mean, um, uh, I don't know what the, the bookies had it, but I, everyone obviously expects me to, to blow through these girls. So there's all, obviously always a huge, a huge pressure fight in, in that situation. But um, but it's also a great position to be in as well as when you're at the top of your game when people expect you to win. Um, when you're headlining these big shows, um, I, I mean, I, I can't complain. It's just a great position to be in. And I, I love I love that pressure. I think it would be unusual if I... If I didn't feel that pressure at this stage, I think I perform better when I am under pressure. Um, this is the sort of situation I, I, I want to be in. Uh, I think we all appreciate your humility so much. I was thinking back to our chat on on Tuesday of last week, and you gave us like a, a, a rare glimpse into uh, your confidence as well when you said something like anyone uh, who considers me an underdog going into a fight um, you know, referring to the last one, you know, you're crazy. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. And I love that. I was like, ah, I wish I could hear more of that from Katie. But I, I, it, we know it's down there. You just won't always say it. And so I like the fact that you came back. You know, sometimes people were saying, oh, uh, she's lacking motivation or she fights down to the opponents. I thought you reminded everyone that even though you are, you know, a massive favorite going into this fight, there are levels to this game and you are so far ahead of everyone else. Yeah, well, thanks a lot, really. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I might not be uh, always a, the most vocal boxer in the world, but um, but I do feel like my mentality and my drive is uh, is second to none. And um, um, every time, every single time I step into the ring, I I believe uh, that I will prove to people that why I am the best. And um, yeah, I, I'm definitely a quiet person in general, but um, that the drive I have and and the, my man, my mentality is. Uh, is definitely, um, I think, on another level. I love the post-fight interview afterwards, and I love the fact that uh, both you and Eddie seem so certain that Ireland is going to happen next year. Um, on this Monday now, because now the dust is settling a little bit, do you feel like you can say with 100% certainty that your next fight will take place in Ireland? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think they're they're already in talks or co-park, like we said. Um, wow. The biggest state in Ireland. Um, we're hoping that it's going to be set for April or May sometime. 
And um, I think it is going to be a complete sellout. And um, can you imagine 80,000 people? Uh, the, no. uh, one of the biggest. It's incredible. I was even going for a walk. I'm, I'm at home right now um, in Ireland. I was going for a walk just uh, in, in my local town. And I think every single person stopped me said, telling me that they're going to buy tickets to, to, to the Grove Park fight. Um, people seem to be very, very excited about it. And um, I think it will be the biggest event in women's boxing history, one of the biggest events of boxing I think that you, you could possibly see. I mean, I'm getting chills with you just telling me yeah. that. I, I was at Connor's fight in Ireland at the Three Arena, and there were 10,000 people there. It felt like there were 100,000 people there. I can't imagine what the scene will be like for you. And so you say April, May, you, you think it's a done deal. Does the opponent even matter? Because I don't think the opponent matters. I, I really think you versus me sells that place out. And that would be a rather one-sided affair for you, obviously. Does the opponent matter at all? I don't think the opponent matters either. Um, it would obviously be great if it was a rematch. But uh, there's definitely, like I said, no shortage of big fights out there. Any fighter between uh, 130 pounds to 140 pounds, I'd be happy to, to step into the ring against them. Any one of those uh, fights would we, set out, I think. Um, I do want to be involved in the biggest fights possible and, um, and and the most exciting fights possible. That's just in my nature. I want the tough tests. I want the, tough, the toughest challenges. But uh, I, do, I do believe that any, any fight would sell. So um, I didn't ask you about this last week, but I'm wondering now, and I'm worried about this a little bit. Uh, obviously, I agree the biggest fight would be the Serrano rematch. But uh, as you may know... Eddie Hearn and your old friend Jake Paul have a little bit of an issue right now between them. Uh, are you worried that this potential legal issue will preclude the fight from happening? Because I, I heard Eddie talk, kind of dismiss it. So I was like, oh, maybe it won't. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of what's going on there, but they definitely need to sort their problems out for this fight to happen. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, whatever's going on, they, they need to obviously sit down together and, and then speak and then talk about it. And, um, it would be an awful shame if, if the rematch didn't happen because of that. Um, they just need to be a bigger man and do do what's right for boxing. And um, if that is uh, what's what's in the way of making the rematch happen, they definitely need to to, to, to obviously sort that out. But um, but I I agree. I do believe it is the biggest fight out there still, and there is still such a, a huge appetite, obviously, for that fight. Um, the first fight was huge, but. Um, I can only imagine what the rematch would be like. It would be even bigger than than the last one. And I do believe that that's uh, the only thing that would, that would top Madison Square Garden is headlining a huge show here in Ireland. Um, 80,000 people. And I think it's it's exactly what uh, myself and Amanda Serrano deserve. But, um, but if that fight obviously doesn't happen, like I said, there, there, are, there are still big fights out there. Uh, do you think she wants it? Um, I believe so. I mean, she said after the fight that she did want it. Um, so uh, the ball is obviously in their court if you want it. But if you, if you don't want it, we obviously have to move on and uh, and look at, at different options. Do do the titles? Um, do do the titles that you have? Uh, and there's mandatories that come with those titles. Do they sometimes? stunt your growth like sometimes you have to take these fights that may be viewed to the public as beneath you uh, because you have to defend the titles and their mandatories like do you do you worry about that at all is that something that that like in some ways like shackles you you know what i mean yeah i mean i don't worry about it too much i, I obviously love to, to hold on to the title and i think the bells are very very important for me now i have worked so hard to get to this position so sometimes it's just it, it is just necessary to 
the, the fight the mandatory but I also, I also know um, that the, those fights can be bananas skin opponents as well so you have to be motivated you have to be you, you just can't go, go into those fights complacent but once you come through those fights I think it is a great preparation for the bigger fights as well um, it is still important to, to stay active in the sport and um, like Sugar Ray Larry used to say inactivity in, in is the biggest sin of boxing it is so important just to, to, to stay sharp and um, and to, to have regular fights coming up. And just to be clear, there's no chance uh, Croke Park or that neighborhood says, no, we can't do it. And then you're at like three arena or something like that. With all due respect to three arena, I, I think you have outgrown that by leaps and bounds. There's no chance that happening. Like if you're fighting in Ireland next year, it's at Croke Park. Yeah, absolutely. I think the uh, the locals around are very happy for that fight, for my fight to go ahead as well. They're all in favor of it. Um, so we're we are genuinely in talks right now with Croke Park for for the fight to happen. Wow. Um, the the thoughts uh, of it is just uh so exciting for me. Um, this is this is just incredible, and we, we're obviously going to have a huge undercard in the fight as well. There's so many Irish fighters, um, even from Saturday night, like say Gary Cully, who had, uh, who knocked out his opponent in thirty seconds. He's a a huge prospect in the lightweight division. These kind of fighters who are going to be on the on the undercard, it's going to be. A phenomenal uh, night for Irish boxing. By the way, on a Monday, could you give us a glimpse into your life? Like when you walk outside now, are you just being bombarded with people coming up to you? What is that like and how do you deal with it? Are you comfortable with it? Uh, I mean, I obviously live a very, very quiet life. But um, after uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday nights when it's always uh, very, very fresh in people's memory. And, yeah. They um, go for a walk uh, just along the seafront this morning and uh, genuinely, yeah, every single person will stop me just congratulating me and just tell me how how excited you are about the prospect of me fighting in Pro Park. And um, it, I think it's going to be a setup very, very quick. And um, just the support uh, is so humbling to be quite honest. And uh, people are so nice. And uh, yeah, I, I'm so grateful. And, and just curious, I know we talked a little bit on Tuesday, but now that uh, the Saturday fight is over, if it's not Amanda, do you, do you have an option to? in your perfect world yeah you want from uh, like i said 103 pounds to 140 pounds um I, i'm very very happy to fight uh big big fights out there in in, in those divisions and um yeah i'm I'm ready and willing to, to step into the ring with any of those girls and in in ireland where would where would that fight air would that be like uh some i forgive me for not knowing but like is that a disowned fight or is this something that would be like on uh you know like some sort of terrestrial tell like i feel like the entire country will stop when this happens do you have any idea where this will air um i assume it's going to be on the zone but i don't know if uh, our local or national broadcasters or rte so i don't know yeah. if, uh, if it's going to be on rte or not um but that's uh uh, that would be fantastic. It was so so accessible to, to everybody here, but um, that's not. I don't know. That's the business side. That. That's that's the <laughs> channel that airs uh, the Late Late Show with the toy uh, episode yeah. and all that, right? Yes. <laughs> You're so excited about the Late Late Show. <laughs> I love it. I love it. My dream is to be on it as well. If they want me on the toy show, I'd be happy to fly over for it. It's just tremendous. There's nothing wholesome like that over here. We don't have that type of programming in America. So. I think it's tremendous. And when you come on with the little kids and they're all excited to meet you, it's just, it's amazing. And it just, it's a glimpse into the connection that you have with your, your country mates. It's just amazing how, I don't know if we even have anyone like you in, in our country here, America as well, that is so revered, so loved. Like no, no one says anything negative about you. You don't, you are one of the only people in, 
I honestly, like I go on Twitter, I get a ton of hate. I don't know if anyone hates you. Does anyone, do you ever feel hate? Do you ever get annoying trolls? Do you ever sense any what? of this? Because I don't see anyone ever saying a negative thing about you on any platform anywhere in the world. Yeah, no, I definitely get my hate. You do? <laughs> Who's hating you? <laughs> it's like hating puppies. I, I, my... <laughs> I definitely get my fair share of criticism as well. But um, that's why I never look at any comments on social media, for example. I think it's a... Uh, um, it's uh, the worst thing you can do, isn't it? Is, uh, is to read negative comments about yourself. Um, but uh, for the most part, it is very, very positive, obviously. And um, and yeah, I'm just very, very grateful. But um, yeah. <laughs> and your your work ethic is is unmatched. Like obviously, you always come in in tip top shape. Now that fight is over, and and you can kind of come down a little bit. Do you like to do anything to take your mind off of boxing or are you the type of fighter who's back at the gym today and you're just like, obviously you're not training for a fight, but like, do you never step away? I never step away too much. I think that's uh, the worst thing you can do really for me anyway. Um, after a few days, I, I feel like I, I forget how to box. Um, so I, I need to obviously, yeah, I, I just love being in the gym. Gen genuinely love being uh, in the gym and training hard, but um, I'm actually home for, for a few weeks now in Ireland and, it's just great to spend a bit of time with family. I've been in Connecticut, obviously training for the fights for the last few months, and um, this is a special time for me. Just just taking it easy and relaxing with family, my niece and my nephews, and um, it's just a fantastic time. Uh, by the way, do you happen to have that date um, off the top of your head? I just want to clear my schedule so I could be over there. Do you know specifically when it will be? I'm gonna have to speak to my manager about that, okay. Brian. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Is there a date though? Is and there's no date right now, but April or May sometime, I think. Okay. Yeah, well. it's, it's apparently the whole month of May is is free for for Pro Park, so I think it's looking uh, looking likely that month. Okay, lovely weather in Ireland that time of year, right? So perfect, open air. No, is it not lovely? <laughs> is it is it still cold in in May? Um, we we get good and bad days. The the, the weather in Ireland is unpredictable, so <laughs> you, you never know. But um. Regardless, it's going to be a phenomenal night. Well, uh, I can't wait for it. I can't wait to be there. I will I will be there even if I have to swim over uh, because that yeah. is a scene that I want to experience. Uh, delighted yeah. for you. Congratulations once again on an unbelievable performance. And thank you so much for doing this, for yeah. coming on. I know you don't do a lot of these, so it really uh, means a lot. No problem, Ariel. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, talk to you soon. There she is, the one and only Katie Taylor. I mean, wow. Best interview ever. Isn't she the best? I mean, what what Literally. can you say? Honestly, up there with my favorite athletes on the planet right now. Um, I'm right there with you. Isn't she just the best? You just want the best for her. And what a scene that will be. And I will be there. I don't care if I'm working. I don't care if I'm covering it. I don't care if I just buy a ticket and, and am in the stands watching it. I need to experience that. Seeing Connor's fight at the Three Arena uh, in Dublin back in 2014 was one of the greatest experiences of my career. Just seeing the passion, the Irish fans are unlike any. Um, I need to see that. I've been hearing so much about Croke Park as it pertains to Connor's career. Unfortunately, we didn't get it. Maybe we'll get it down the line. Who knows? Maybe this opens the door for that. I need to see Katie Taylor fight at Croke Park. I need, did you hear that that crowd on Saturday? I think it was eight, 9,000 people at Wembley. Sounded like it was 50,000 people. And they're singing, they're dancing. They're in England. They're not in Ireland. I know it's not too far away, but they're not in her home country. You would think if you're just watching it, flipping through, whatever, um, if people still flip through channels, uh, flip through platforms, you would think that they were in Ireland. They weren't. And so that scene 
where the prodigal daughter returns home to fight in front of her people. She's never fought as a pro in front of her people in her con- in her country in this 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 epic historic venue is going to be incredible. And could you imagine for a moment if it is the Amanda Serrano rematch? We were all there at MSG. It was unbelievable scenes with Eddie Hearn involved, with Jake Paul involved, with their simmering feud, if they could put that aside. And again, as I said last week, the women are showing the men that they can make fights happen in boxing. They are showing them... Again, this weekend, we've got uh, McCaskill fighting. They are all fighting big fights. These two guys need to put their issues aside. They need to put their issues aside, and they need to make the fight happen for all of us for the world, for sports fans, for Ireland. They need to make this fight happen. For Puerto Rico, for New York, they need to make the fight happen. Make it happen. Beautiful May, Croke Park. I'll see you all there. It would be tremendous theater. Now, uh, I do want to let you know something very exciting. Uh, Got word that uh, at 3.30, Frank, do we have uh, breaking news? 3.30 uh, we're going to be joined by Jake Paul. Jake Paul is going to step in and join us, perhaps respond to Tommy Fury. 3.30, Jake Paul going to join us right after Sean O'Malley. So this very exciting show just got a little more exciting. That's at 3.30. Mark your calendars. He'll be our last guest of the day. Now, a uh, quick word from our sponsors before we... And, and is GC back? I felt bad that we couldn't yeah. get him in there. Yeah, we didn't just leave him. Okay, I was worried about all of that. Quick word from our sponsors. A lot of sponsors here. Um, and then I want to check in with GC and get his thoughts on the fight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But first, back to the guys here. Do you see you there? Oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah, man. I like it. You're not I letting go. Back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I felt bad. We left you on an island. You couldn't hear us anymore? What happened? Yeah, so I heard you for like the first 30 seconds. And then, uh, yeah, you guys cut out. And I, I realized you guys were tossing to me. And I was like, uh, this is bad. I can't hear anything. You know, the studio I was in is a little bit separated from where we're at right now. So, uh yeah, it was a disaster. And what do we got there? A fan going or what? Oh, Frank said I wouldn't be able to hear it's it. It's not that loud. It's pretty loud. I can turn it off. Me I mean, at this point, yeah. you could just hold it up, right? Literally not an issue. It's funny that the audio guy thinks that the fan blowing into the microphone is not an issue. It's really it not. seems to be a theme with Frank. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good enough. GC, what did you think of Saturday night? Uh, New York Rick and I spoke a little bit about it. We just heard from Tommy Fury, who was not impressed at all. <laughs> oh, wow, that fan was very good. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we lost the air on that quickly. Uh, I was impressed with Jake Paul. I mean, it looked like Anderson Silva was giving his all for the eight rounds, and uh, it just wasn't enough, and, and Jake Paul got it done. I mean, uh, I don't know how you can walk away from that not impressed by him. Man, uh, I think, I mean, if you're Tommy Fury, you're not impressed by him. <laughs> I think that's pretty clear. What did you think of what he had to say, GC? Uh, no, uh, New York Rick, sorry. I don't know what GC's I'll, doing over there. What's going no, on? I, we're dealing with some tech <laughs> okay. stuff. Um, 
I would have liked to see a little more vigor. Really? I yeah, think that's I the think most the, you're going to get out of Tommy. Well, that's unfortunate, isn't it? No, I mean... That was not very You thought definitive. he was too dismissive? I, I didn't feel like that was a collision course. I'll say that. Oh, I actually feel like I'm more excited now than I was... Oh, really? Oh, wow. Tommy Fury is so boring. Man. Oh, He's man. so boring. Frank, Joe, call up Tommy Fury again. Yeah, he's actually still on the line. Oh, perfect. Uh, that's fine. You, you can show... He's just boring. He doesn't okay, so, have it. He so you don't want to see it. A tree stump. You don't want to see it. No, I mean, who, who's I'll your watch pick? It. Who's your pick? Oh, come on, stop. Is it Nate? Jay, oh, who's my pick to fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant if if no, they no, no, fight. no, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm obviously going with Jake if they fight. Um, I would, I would obviously rather huh? see Nate. What are the lines, by the way, on that? I want to say it opened at uh, Jake Paul minus two sixty. Wait, yeah, because versus I, Nate or versus Tommy. Versus Nate, he was like Ooh. minus two twenty five. Yeah, but what's Tommy? it versus Tommy? Because everyone says you know, boxer, boxer. You think that he beats Tommy easily? Yeah, I think Anderson Silva beats Tommy easily. Wow, he said he finishes him however he wants. I'm, well, I'm he wants. sure he does <laughs> say that. Uh, I, look, Tommy Fury just hasn't been that impressive. Um, He's not that guy. I, I would, I would, I would confidently back Jake Paul in that one as somebody who just picked against him. All right, so if you're uh, Nikisa and Jake, who are you picking? Because, you know, that's another thing to note that I think if, pisses people off. They think he picks his opponents. Well, guess what? So did Floyd Mayweather. I mean, you reach you a point, you pick Tommy your opponent. If you can do Tommy Fury in the UK, you do that fight. 100%. Next? Yeah. It, it, would, be, it would be big. There's, there's, no, there's no reason not to do that not Nate. fight. When's Nate going to be available? That's the thing. If Nate's available at the same time as Tommy Fury, Sure. Do Nate? I think it's a bigger fight globally. Absolutely, not even a question. But if you can get one in with Tommy Fury right now in the UK, do it. Take take that and run. Who's your That's pick, GC? I'd like to see Nate next. Yeah? yeah, I mean, I think the world would, right? Who wins that fight? Who who Jake wants Paul? to see this Tommy Fury fight? <laughs> Wait, I'm how wondering. dare you say that? Who who All are right. these people? I want to see it. If only because then I want to hear what they say. When oh here we go yes. he beat a boxer you know, what yes. well, okay. you know exactly what no I actually don't know what are they going to say what's the next thing Tommy Fury's a, a can he's a bum so boxer. beat a different boxer he beat a different boxer beat what Rahman until he beats Canelo until he fights this is never going to stop Canelo, it's never going to stop yeah, until he gets a Floyd real Mayweather bet. right now like his brother like, I mean think about it his brother yeah. literally fought Floyd Mayweather yeah. literally fought Floyd Mayweather and there's excuses for that too right that there's yeah, no, yeah. he deserves no credit for this the, there, this is a per, a self-perpetuating cycle. This will never end, and there will never be a, a way that he gets credit as as a legitimate boxer. Wow. Do you think there is? Do you see, based on how impassioned you were just about like the Twitter vitriol and the yeah. fact that they're making up these excuses, no. creating fake narratives, you think there's an end to this? That no, they no. Just if, go, if, if, you know what? He did it. He beat Tommy Fury. He beat the boxer. That's the guy. Mm. Quite frankly, I would give him a hell of a lot more credit if he beat Hasim Rahman Jr. A hell of a lot more. Because um, I think he's a better boxer right. than Tommy Fury. But then, even with Rahman, the excuses were starting before the fight. He just got knocked out. It, it's just, never going to end. Oh, this, my this God. Never end. By the way, Shoot can we just stop? I, I was curious. Yeah. What, what, earlier, when you were doing the DraftKings promo, yeah. you said that I might have something to say. What were you talking about? <laughs> stop it. Stirring that Literally, part. in the back, he started talking. Yeah, I know. I, knew I was it. afraid I that his mic was open. I knew it. What were you talking about? Listen, you guys, I've already said the Cavs are better than the Knicks. I think the Cavs... Mm. I actually got hate when I said... I think I said top three... And people are like, oh, what are you talking they about? They look good, man. Yes. Donovan Mitchell looks like an MVP They're caliber incredible. player right now. They're incredible. No, I mean, 
honestly, they're actually very likable too. Like they're a fun team to watch. Good vibes. Yeah. Good vibes team. Yeah, for sure. They're incredible. They're way better I mean, than the Knicks. Cavs, baby. Yeah. Cavs. Um, all right. Well, I'm curious to see how this plays out. Uh, and, and we're going to hear from Jake. So I'm curious to see maybe two days later what's on his mind. Again, I will just say this. I don't think Jake versus Nate is a done deal. And by the way, I was in the back there. So they bring me to the back to interview Ashton Silve. I was doing three jobs, which was a lot of fun. And a couple times I was actually right about to interview, like after the, I'm skipping here, but um, when Ashton fought and he knocked out his guy in the first round, I was in between the first and second rounds. I'm supposed to interview Anderson in the back. Those are live. I don't know why we didn't pre-tape them, but you know, that's the way they do it. Cool. So I'm standing next to Anderson and then he gets knocked out. The dude gets knocked down 30 seconds. So I have to be like, sorry, Anderson. And then I have to run back into the ring. There was a lot of running. Anyway, I'm going to the back to interview Ashton and all of a sudden a whole melee breaks out. A whole melee breaks out between the Diaz team and the Paul security team. And I saw some members of Paul's team and drinks were thrown, like open drinks were thrown, not bottles, like, you know, a cup, ice everywhere, water everywhere, whatever it was, everywhere, pushing going on. Like it got pretty ugly. And I'm talking like, I think there's some footage out there of it a little bit. There was at least like 30 people involved here. Um, some members of the DS team who I'm cool with trying to call a cap on me. Like, I was there, bro. I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. I was in the back. And then they pulled me into the locker room because they didn't want me to get, like, trampled over. But I was like, I want to see this just in case I have to report on it. Um, the one thing that I said that, I guess, drew their ire was that I said they weren't seen uh, again th- because earlier in the night with the Chris Avila fight, they were all in the front row. Well, they went up to a suite. They were en route from the floor seats to the suite, and I guess they crossed paths, and it was a whole thing. That's why I didn't see them. They were up. So if you want me to uh, clarify that, I did later on Twitter, but I didn't see them because they weren't sitting in their usual spot. Anyway, I feel like that would be a huge fight, but honestly, now that I'm seeing all this, you know, fight a boxer stuff, I wonder if maybe the best bet is to wait, right? Like you, 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 you pause it, you fight Tommy Fury or someone of that, you know, you know, cut from that same cloth, you know, box or whatever, you check that box off and then you do something else. And I also think that Diaz is going to be very cognizant of the fact that people are going to think that he left the UFC to fight Jake Paul. And I don't think he Mm. wants anything to do with that. That's why he's starting his real fight thing. And I think he's going to try to fight a couple of people or at least one person before entertaining that late next year so then i mean it sounds like the 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 deck is set like we've you know we've got the hands now well what if tommy loses to paul bomba yeah bomba is there any chance jake paul is just like no i'm done with tommy fury i'm not i'm never gonna take that fight it's too easy i guess we'll find out in an hour but uh, i i I think i will say this when i did the fighter meeting with him that's the 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 meeting that you do for the broadcast so it wasn't like reporting stuff he did say he wants tommy fury and and he did say that he's open to the uk it's, oh, it's okay. That answers that question. Yeah, Go but that's before Anderson, right? Fury. So who knows what okay. he's thinking after Anderson? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that. Jake Paul, Tommy Fury in the UK, he wins that and then he goes and fights Nate Diaz. Yeah, but what if we were, were But what if Nate fights someone else and loses? Yeah, we were talking before uh, the fight, you were talking about what if Jake Paul loses to Anderson Silva, can you still do Nate? What if Nate Diaz just gets tuned up by some people and then we you know, do you feel the same way about Nate Diaz? Because I don't. I feel like you can build Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz no matter if they're coming off a win or a loss. I don't think it matters. Bigger fight. Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz versus Floyd Mayweather. Nate Diaz versus Floyd Mayweather. Are we talking, like, what do you mean by bigger? Bigger fight. 
What draws? What more? do you mean by bigger? What draws Which more? Sells more yeah. pay per view, pay per view, gate, what all do that more stuff. More people talk about on social media. Just everything bigger because they're different. Floyd Mayweather will sell more pay per views, and Jake Paul will be more talked about on social media. Of more interest as an actual fight, as a competitive fight. Yeah, Jake Paul and and Nate Diaz because Floyd yeah, Mayweather is way better than both of them. Also small though. Yeah, that's okay. I'll I'll take my chances with, right. with one of the greatest boxers of all time, no matter how small he is. How do we do on Saturday, GC? What um, did we do? I mean, let's yeah, let's touch the parlay first. Uh, as, as we, do we have, have to. This. What is ha- what is the streak at now? Six straight, six straight wow. losses. I don't know if we're ever going to hit another one again. Um, I mean, it's not uh, with that attitude. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you guys, really, uh, I mean, you guys talk about this attitude all the time. And we can. What did we, we start at? Just good vibes. Good we started vibes. five and two. Here, let's get the uh, let's get the graphic up. We are now five and eight uh, after Jeez. starting at five and two. Uh, we missed the Jacoby Roundtree fight. Doesn't go to the decision. Doesn't even matter because I would have missed the Alvin Cater, uh, Alan Cater mm. over one and a half uh, twice now. My my parlay pick has been ruined by injury. Aaron Pico a few weeks ago as well. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, that's we're not- gonna hit another one eventually. I just I can't give out guarantees, you know. You know, some guy asked me, he was just like, "What's the parlay for this week?" I was like, "Here it is. Uh, tread lightly. We're <laughs> we're we're on a bit of a, a cold streak right now." Uh, but because these are all like pretty heavy plus money, we're technically still up units. Barely though, I want to say at one point we were up like eight or nine units. Now we're yeah, only we're still- up. Uh, now we're only up the one. We're still in the green. That's all right. If you've been tailing, you're still winning. Uh, my bets. Uh, if we want to get into these, I mean, shout out I'm, to Fabian Edwards, by the way. Yes. Shout out to Fabian Edwards. I made this Halloween theme because the results are scary. Uh, second worst night on record since we started wow, the show. The worst, results are scary. <laughs> worst night since uh, November thirteenth of last year. Holloway Yair Rodriguez card. So it's it's been a while since we did this bad. I don't even know how I ended up with eleven bets on the night uh, for this card and and Silva Paul, but but we got there and I I missed seven of them, so didn't do well in the singles. Did even worse on the parlays, 0 for 2. Uh, you know, the Cater Allen costing a lot, and then obviously our our own parlay. So it ends up down 5.4 units. T- tough pill to swallow. 4 and 7 on singles, 0 and 2 on parlays. Uh, we're down to 47 on the year. I mean, in retrospect, you know, at the beginning in January, if you were like, yeah, and going into November, you're, you're going to be up 47 units. I would have taken it in a heartbeat, just under 60 all time. So... You know, we're still very heavily in the green, but but these last two weeks have been been pretty rough for sure. You're the type of fighter who fights up and fights down. Big time card, you deliver. Crap card, you fight down to the competition. You're just you're searching for things. You're lacking motivation. You're trying to manufacture. I like stuff. that. I so, like this. You know, that's what this was. This was a. Yeah. a even though UFC Apex 62, I was up like six units. Yeah, you know, he didn't have to bring that up. Um, <laughs> I thought that... Uh, I like this metaphor, though. But 281, you're going to smash it. Oh, I have no doubt about that. I think we're going to get back on the wagon this week. We're going to be uh, very... Well, that's, not, that's next week. No, no, no. I think we're going to get back on the wagon this week as a well, little This card is worse. Listen, we're going to keep it tight. We're going to keep it light. I'm talking oh, I'm talking okay. maybe right. two, three singles, maybe maybe one, two parlays. My guy, Jelton Almeida's fighting. It's hard to have a bad week when when he's getting in there. Uh, but yeah. So. You once told me not to manufacture, right? You once told me not to force it. Yeah, never force it. That's kind of what I fell into. You know, you, yeah. win, you win nine straight weeks. You're like, everything I touch is gold. Not so much anymore. Uh, so yeah, it's time to dial it back in. You know, we've been humbled off of UFC Apex 63 and... 
And we're on to the next one. Quickly, before we get to our next guest, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, just a few shout-outs here. Sure. Uh, the Draft King, Nick Silva, uh, gets it done in, in a big way. Uh, he cashes $100 on the week. Uh, and then some some quick shout-outs for the big hitters uh, before we get to our next guest. Uh, because, you know, even when I'm not hitting, uh, you know, the people the people are cashing big sure. tickets. Yeah, baby. There it is. Oh, yeah. Make it rain. R-E-I-G-N. Get it? Yeah, we switch over from... Uh from you know the the safari hat with our now you know pitiful looking pterodactyl. <laughs> Hopefully, it's pretty damn good. Hopefully, the costume goes better for your son this week. But uh, yeah, here we go. We'll we'll run through these real quickly. Uh, we start with our man, Almighty Glorge, plus thirteen thousand six hundred sixty-four. He goes Steve Garcia by knockout, who was an underdog. Jun Young Park by KO or submission. And uh, Mark- Marcos Rogero de Lima, he turns 50 cents, not the biggest bet in the world, but still turns it into $69. That's uh, that's pretty good. Two loyal followers to the big hitters, two two people that are always sending me tickets. Had to give them a shout out. Diehard MMA pod, our guy Clint, and our man uh, Mike Ryan. It's uh, it's me, Mikey R09. Both were on Christian Rodriguez by submission. Fantastic calls, plus 600 for, for Clint. And that's 1400 for Mike he gets uh, the submission and first round plus thirteen hundred, ten dollars into one forty. Uh, keep it rolling. Next up, Dennett, two eight seven eight six plus five thousand seven hundred sixty six. Arnold Allen, Max Griffin, Waldo Cortez Acosta, Treshawn Gore, Khalil Roundtree, Roman Delice. Pretty nice bet there. Had to be sweating, uh, you know, Khalil Roundtree, but that's neither here nor there. And then the last one, I hate to do this to us, Ariel, but it was it was just too cool of a bet. Calix at Calix. Uh, yeah, I know. I see you squinting there. We'll go ahead and do right it for the people. We'll zoom in. Uh-huh. Uh, he's at the Arsenal, not a forest game. He took the exact score. Ah, oh, stop it. Five nothing and it. first goal scorer Martinelli, thirty three to one. He turns one hundred twenty five dollars into four thousand two hundred fifty, and he was at the game. Uh, uh, that's a big hitter right there. I mean, hey, they didn't do as well as Man City against us, so I'll take it. All right, hey, I'll You'll take never it. Seeing that, shout out to them. Uh, congratulations. Uh, welcome to Wrexham. Great show, by the way. Speaking oh yeah, of soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see that. Uh, also, we beat Liverpool, so that means that we're better than Man City. I mean, the season the season is won at this point. Yeah, and Liverpool lost the lead, so they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, great stuff there, guys. Let's uh, keep going with the guests. I had the pleasure of seeing this young man on, uh, oh, all throughout Fight Week in uh, in beautiful Glendale in Arizona. We were just outside of Arizona, and he had a big night. Excuse me, just outside of Glendale. We were in Arizona. We were in um, a little neighborhood outside of Glendale. He had a big night on Saturday. His guy, Uriah Hall, with the big win on the Showtime pay-per-view card over Le'Veon Bell. He's one of the best coaches in the game in both MMA and boxing. He's Fortis MMA's own. He's the one and only Safe Saud. He joins us right now via the Magic of Zoom. There he is. Hello, sir. How are you? Good. How are we doing? Oh, you turned? Yeah, that's better. Oh, now I lost you. Well, there I am. The uh, the mirror of death, as they say in the business. Uh, we'll hi, get back. Arrow. Yeah, hi. How are you? Good. We'll get him back. It's very interesting when that happens when someone drops off and then I show up. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I look pretty good. Let's not go that far. All right. 
but no, his uh, his guy Uriah Hall had the win over Le'Veon Bell. We uh, we had Chris Avila over Doctor Mike. I got to say, Doctor Mike. I mean, the absolute mensch of all mention. This guy is so nice, so kind. Um, always a smile on his face. Took a picture with my kids. It was just uh, beautiful to see him. He 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 fought his heart out. He didn't win the fight, but uh, beautiful stuff. There he is. Safe's back. Ho- hello, Safe. How are you? Good. How are we doing, Ariel? By the way, is it Saif? Are people mispronouncing your name? No. You you said it right. It's Safe. That's the correct pron- pronunciation in Arabic. It means sword. So well, look at Safe you. like Safe. That's that's how you say it. Yeah, you got uh, it. You should know that. I, I just wanted to make sure because, uh, you know, people anglicize names and whatnot. So I just wanted to make sure. So I'm happy we cleared that uh, up. I, I, I'm not one of those guys. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. Uh, congrats on a big night. Yeah. Uh, had a win at the Apex. Thanks. Had a win in Glendale. Uh, let's talk about Uriah Hall. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of intrigue because he walked away. He comes back. He's fighting a NFL guy, ex-NFL guy, whatever. What do you think of his performance out there? Look, I, I thought it was great. I mean, we only had probably about four weeks, five weeks to get ready for that. Um, you know, he was going through some stuff and and uh, kind of came off the couch really to get ready. And, and, and you know, I watched a tape on Le'Veon and, and uh, um, you know, I knew that he was a little bit tougher than people were kind of giving him credit for. But I thought once he got hit that that he would kind of crumble, but he did not do that at all. And it went four rounds and and uh, it was a good fight. I was really happy to see Uriah come away and, and win in a different sport and and just kind of, you know, um, have fun again. So uh, it was a, it was a great weekend. And, and Treshawn Gore, like you mentioned, uh, had a big win, his first UFC win. Uh, we really wanted to kind of help that kid and um, and get him get him a win. So it was a good weekend. By the way, how often, especially lately, since you've been so busy, has it been where someone who has, you know, like where you've had to choose, basically, right? Obviously, you've been with Uriah a lot longer than Treshawn. As you mentioned, he he just kind of came to you guys recently, but where you couldn't be at someone's fight um, and you had to choose. Does that happen often these days? Uh, it, it does. I mean, uh, you know, the thing is, when someone does a camp with us, I always want to be there to corner them. It's kind of like trying to send... Uh, you know, send one of your your warriors off to war and saying, "Hey, good luck, buddy," and just pat him on the head. I mean, it, you know, they earn that right. You know, for you to be there with them in the trenches um, when they put in the work. So, no, we really don't. We don't. We haven't added anybody to the team. Um, you know, really in, in a while. Uh, Tr- uh, Kennedy asked me. Treshawn came to him and said, "Hey, I really, you know, would love to talk to your coach." He was a little bit nervous when I first met him. He, it was I couldn't get the words out, and then he wrote me a really nice message and said, "I really, you know, admire you. I want to train. I want. I want to learn." And I said, "I said, okay, you know, uh, you can come." And you know, Kennedy and these guys and and Kennedy's cousin ha- gave him a place to stay. They took care of him. I mean, I will put that out there that I did not charge him a dime for this camp. Uh, I told him I don't want anything from you. I just want effort. Uh, I don't want any of your purse. I don't want any percentages. I just want you to give me everything that you have and I want you to win because I knew that, you know, man, to make it to the UFC, this is your dream. And getting the first UFC win is everything, right? I mean, from then on, it's okay, let me get ranked. But those are really far apart from each other. But getting that first UFC win, man, it stays with you forever. And, you know, he had a couple losses and and he had to win this fight. And it was just kind of a good deed that everyone from the camp just kind of rallied behind this kid and, and helped him and, selflessly helped him and i was just really happy to see that i was in the locker room with uriah screaming and yelling in the bathroom when i saw him lock that choke in and 
And uh, I'm just happy for him. And, uh, you know, the, the UFC kind of picked up on how hard of a life he's had. And these these moments mean a lot to these kids, man. It's a, it's a big damn deal. And, and uh, I was just very proud to see it happen. That is amazing. Um, I was really curious to see how Uriah would be all week. And of course, on Saturday, uh, obviously when I did the press conference with him, it was a little prickly <laughs> at times. But I have to say, man, he was like one of the highlights of the week for me, starting with the face-to-face yeah. that we did. I, I don't know what changed. Uh, I, I'm sure you had a lot to do with it, but he was just in such a nice spot. Him and Le'Veon together were bonding over, you know, one chapter of their lives coming to an end and coming yeah. together. It was just beautiful. And then his post-fight interview was beautiful. How would you describe where he's at now, like now that this is over? Because it seemed like a totally different guy than the one I spoke to two weeks ago. You know, you know, the frustrating part for me is that he has such a beautiful side to his personality and he's so intelligent. And, you know, and, and I'm like, man, show everybody this side, you know, and we all get hurt in life. We all get jaded. We all go through things. And, you know, it's not easy. And Uriah touched on a lot of things this week. I thought he was fantastic. I thought he did a phenomenal job you know, communicating and, and he's just so well-spoken, you know, and at 38, you kind of have perspective, right? You're, you're, you're smarter than you were when you were 28. And, you know, we talked about that. And I just think that it was, it just really made me happy that everybody got to see that side of him, that lovable side. And, you know, he engaged everybody and he was, it was just great. It was, it was no matter what comes from it next, it was a great, great weekend for him. And I'm just happy that everybody saw kind of who he really is, you know, because, we know him in the media sometimes uh-huh. are uh... <laughs> not the best of friends. Um, yeah. Do you want to see him continue to box? I think Uriah with a camp, uh, like a real camp, you know, we had one guy that we helped him get ready with Obi, who's one of my 85ers. And look, you know, we're two and oh in boxing right now. We, you we've are. been fighting these running backs, two and oh in boxing. And we're proud of that. Like, uh, you know, they say that we don't know about striking and, and, you know, this isn't no slight on anyone else, but, you know, Frank Gore was training at uh, the boxing gym that had Cambosa there. They had a real, it was a legit boxing gym and they underestimated Darren. And, uh, you know, we were ready for that fight and we've studied it. We, we study everything. And to think that we can't study boxing when we can study everything and win at it in MMA is a little silly, I think. So yeah, man, you know, we'll, maybe we'll get a boxing ring and, uh, and we'll start doing boxing fights too. But look, Again, it, ta- it, it requires the right amount of focus. Uriah won that fight because Le'Veon, you know, where, where, was, where he was in his career in that fight. But to fight guys that have boxed all the time, of course, you got to train harder and so on and so forth. We, you know, we're not dismissing how hard it is, but I'm just saying we are capable as well. Even as an MMA gym, we are capable of not only competing, but winning. Any difference for you as a coach just working the corner MMA mm-hmm. versus boxing or at the end of the day, once you get to that point, it's the exact same? No, no, there's a difference. You know, uh, uh, judging has been a big controversy. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, that's a whole different road. But in boxing, to say that judging uh, isn't a controversy, then you don't watch boxing. Right. I mean, you got to go in there and know that you just don't know what the hell's going to happen. And that's kind of accepted. So you really got to put a stamp on it. I mean, and that's just part of it. You know, uh, me and you remember when I said, what do you think, Ariel? I said, you think we're good? You go, this is a fight game, man. Yeah. I don't know. When you had the mic, right? And I thought that, you know, Uriah did enough. But then you see people, oh, well, you know, he lost one and three and this and that. Uriah landed some hard shots on Le'Veon. He just ate them so well. I don't think that certain people saw it, but I, I saw it. His eyes showed it after. And I thought Uriah won the fight handedly, honestly. Um, but 
you never know. So you've got to change the way that you corner a little bit and you've got to really express how important it is for guys to close. And I do that in MMA as well. I just think that, you know, instead of worrying about what the judges do, worry about what you do and just do more. And so it is a little bit different, but the judges, I felt like, you know, got it right. And for sure, uh, it was, by the way, a fan of open scoring or not as someone has to work these corners and try to figure out what the judges (laughs) are, are thinking. I, I, I think that open scoring at this point has a lot more positives than negatives. And, you know, people can say whatever they want, but it's, it's progressively seeming to get worse, right? It's not progressively seeming to get better. So if, if it was getting better, let me tell you something. Let me give Nevada State Athletic Commission a ton of credit here. Okay. I was part of a Zoom call about two or three months ago with uh, uh, Jeff. Is now Mullins is now the new uh, commissioner. And this guy is fantastic. I mean, he reaches out, hey, let's talk, let's chat. I had a fight that I was like, I got scored kind of weird. He goes, let me watch the fight, watches the fight, then meets with me and says, hey, this is what I thought about X, Y, and Z on Monday. Wow. You know? So, yeah. And what they did was they put together a a panel. Uh, It was me, Eric Nixick, and John Wood. And it was all the judges. And I'm not going to say them all, but there were a lot of them. We did a Zoom call for like two hours and we went through tape and we watched videos and then we all scored the fights. And wow. it was a damn good, it was. And it was a damn great step in the right direction. And uh, it was a very productive phone call. And, you know, is it perfect? No, but it was a start. And I want to recognize Jeff and the Nevada State Athletic Commission for doing that. That being said, it was still pretty funky this weekend and it's still pretty funky all the time. And, you know, us coaches, uh, you know, Eric had some great questions and John as well. And we're not there yet, man. We're not. And, you know, when, when a loss, you know, and I'm not going to get into round tree Jacoby, yeah, and this, yeah, that, yeah. and the other, but when a loss changes your trajectory of somebody's whole career, Jacoby was on a seven or eight fight streak, you know, and now, now, and he was a ranked fighter. So now his whole trajectory changes uh, and, and, you know, and, and obviously we as fighters, God bless Khalil. I'm glad he got a win bonus. We never want to see somebody not win, but we do want to kind of have a pretty good idea when we're watching a fight, where are we at in this fight? So to your point, if open scoring would dictate that and we're going in the fight, Dustin Jacoby goes in that third round and goes, what the hell? I thought it was up, but I'm not. And he presses on the gas. Why don't we talk about that? being just as important as people laying off the gas. Right. And, you know, maybe they could do something where if you, you know, you get in an activity or something, I don't, I don't know, but I would say that there's definitely many more positives for open scoring than there are negatives. And I, and I think that that trend is continuing. So I don't know why it's such a big deal and everyone points to, well, the person's going to do absolutely nothing. Well, then the whole world's going to watch a person be a coward and do nothing in the right. third round. Like, I don't think fighters really think that way. Right. Like, and I think if a fighter thinks he's up anyway, he's going to be a little bit more careful in spots anyway. So I think that, the, you know, you could look at it both ways. But again, I feel like we are still not in a place where, where we feel like we're trending upward, even though the effort is there. I need to say that. Okay. Um, very interesting. Speaking of uh, corner work, I <laughs> love listening to you in the corner when we can. Um, I'm curious about the psychology of dealing with different personalities, right? And and how you approach that. Is it all spur of the moment? Is it all like, I need to, you know, give this guy a little bit of a light under his butt. I need to do this. Certain guys don't respond to tough love. Certain guys do. Is it just based on personalities or do you have a certain set, you know, kind of, uh, you know, 
approach to how to deal with it? Because you only get a minute. I mean, it's it's so fast, but it could be effective when 60, you use. Uh, yeah, 60 seconds, uh, 60 important seconds. The reality is I've been with my fighters so long. We have been through so much together, so many wars, so many trips to the hospital, so many so many crazy moments. I mean, we're close, man. We're really, really close. Me and all my athletes are very close. That's why I don't corner people that I just work with a guy this one time and I'm doing this. And I don't do that because I can sit and look someone in the face and just tell them the damn truth. And I think, you know, I, I got a lot of love for the MMA fans in the media because they give me tons of love. But I always say you're giving me love for just telling the truth, which I appreciate. But I've never understood the like, hey, you're doing great. Hey, things are really working out. Hell no, they're not working out. You're down two rounds. And if you don't do something amazing, you're about to lose. And a loss in MMA is catastrophic. Let's just be honest. So I'm just very honest in the moment. I analyze what's going on. I see where where does the fighter need to improve? What do we need to do to win? And that's all that matters. And uh, that's really all I try to do is communicate the truth, Ariel. And I think it it comes across sometimes, you know, in, in a way that people make these clips and stuff and they tag me, which you know, I've never once reposted that. And I will touch on that. I will never, ever make it about me. Right. Why would I post my fighter fucking struggling and then right. me yelling at him and then him coming back and winning? Like, that's my damn job. I don't need to highlight me. Let's highlight him winning. How about that? And I, and lastly, I'll say, I always tell my guys, you know, the best days are when I don't have to say a damn word and I can just come out there and take the picture and we win. Right. I yeah. mean, I don't need to say anything. There's times where I'm just like, Jeff Neal, Vicente Luque, third round. I mean, I got I got on his ass before that, but during the third round, I didn't have to say a whole lot of anything because he was like, okay, all right then. Like, these guys are amazing. You know, these fighters are amazing. And we've been together so long. I know when to just sit back and let them roll. And I know when they really need me. And, and I just act accordingly. Back to your eye. Uh, can he beat Jake Paul? He could, but he would have to train. And I told him that, you know, and uh, I think Jake, you've got to recognize uh, facts. And Jake, look, I thought Anderson did fantastic. Uh, I thought Anderson, Anderson's something else. I mean, he's a special guy. And he went in there and touched Jake, that uppercut with Jake falling back. And, you know, the ring generalship, Anderson was on him. But I, after the fourth round, Anderson got a little tired. I mean, he is 48 years old, 47 years old. And, and uh, I thought that Jake, stepped his game up then in, in, in the later rounds. And obviously he got the knockdown, but even before that, Jake's in shape. He's a young kid who goes to the gym and busts his ass. He's obviously doing the work. And again, say what you want. He's still fighting guys that, yeah, I know he's old, but look at boxers records in the beginning of their careers. They don't take on challenges. They get built up. That's the way boxing is. That's why you always see these guys avoiding each other when they're 40 and 0 and 38 no, because that's the way it is. They avoid each other because they realize that a loss changes the whole, you know, course of their careers. So they definitely don't take fights like we do in MMA at three and oh, you know, a loss in MMA is a little bit different, right? Guys kind of understand now, okay, you know, uh, for example, Alex Pereira, he lost his first MMA fight. Everyone kind of understands, okay, he's figuring it out. You know, Kamar Usman lost a fight right. in the very beginning. Nobody says, oh yeah, he sucks. Right. But in boxing, it kind of it kind of changes things. So I think we've got to recognize that Jake is still there are challenges for him. It's a step up for him, and that's what's important, right? That needs to be recognized. And I think that that he, uh, I th I think that he's getting tougher. I think he's a kid that's getting tougher. I understand people saying he's not good and he's got a lot of holes. I get boxers saying that too. So 
there's two sides to every coin there, but I do think he's in shape. I think Urias 38, I think he's what, 25 or 26. I think he's training his ass off and I think he's got momentum. And I think you've, you've got to recognize those things and you've got to take Le'Veon, you had to take seriously. Nobody's a joke here. Just because everyone watches it on the internet and says, oh, he's going to kill him. What right. the hell do you know? <laughs> Have you ever done it? Have you ever done three rounds? Like, like, it doesn't matter what you think, man. Like, I don't go to your job and tell you like, no, no, no. You know what? You're doing this wrong. Uh, you got to understand that. Like, I, I, I could, if I came in the studio and I know a lot about MMA and I was like, Ariel, just let me run shit today. Right. Let me have it. Like, I got it, Ariel. I know all these people. And I see him every weekend. Just let me handle it. you like, safe. I really think we should do a couple practice runs first. Yeah. I'm like, Ariel, just fucking go on vacation. Just give it to me, right? How much of a disaster would that be, right? Yeah. I mean, hell, this Zoom call got dropped once already from somebody calling me. Experience matters, man. And I think that we just got to look at everything kind of with a truthful eye. Let's just be honest. Let's not always look to put everybody down. He sucks. He sucks. That sucks. That sucks. Let's just celebrate things for what they are. And uh, and move on. So well said, well put. And by the way, I do think you're coming for my job. I see you now doing these breakdowns, uh, and you're doing a great job with them. Are, is this the beginning Thank of a new uh, a new career for you? You're. I mean, I want to see you on the broadcast between rounds now. Enough of these other jamokes. I want to see you up there. You know, I mean, so much credit to Ben Chilliberti, the UFC. Uh, he's an executive producer. He reached out to me and uh, nobody knows these guys, right? These are the guys behind the scenes that nobody knows, but they make, you know, they make these things happen. And he goes, Hey, I think that you'd be really good at this. And why don't you try it? And, you know, I was telling my wife, I was like, I got so much stuff going on. I'm cornering everybody every week. I was like, this is going to be a, an undertaking. Cause if I do it, I'm going to study tape. I'm going to, and, uh, you know, I did the first one and, and uh, got such a good reception and so much love and appreciation. And people were like, you know, that really helped me understand MMA. They're like, man, you got to do it again. So then they asked me to do the next main event and, uh, you know, with Makachev and, uh, and Charles. And I said, OK, I'm going to do that one. And, and I'm actually flying out tomorrow to do the Izzy and Alice. So um, the truth is that we study film vigorously and this is what we do. And every time we have a fight, you know, it's, it, we break down this tape and we go over every little thing. And it's been fun to do that for athletes that are not my own. Mm. I have a new appreciation for each one of the champions. I think that it's all those little details, man, that people don't see that they are doing. And I think that, uh, I think it's, it's, it's been fantastic. And, uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know about commentating. I think that, I'm a coach, man. That's what I do. So breakdown kind of makes sense for me because I'm still kind of coaching or explaining, but talking about, you know, other people that are not my own, like I've got 21 fighters right now, you know, competing and, uh, uh, you know, we've got Jeff at number six. We got Ryan Spann about to fight Dominic Reyes in Madison Square Garden. We've got you know, Schnell off that huge win that he had against Sumadarji, you know, uh, fight Nicolau after that and Kennedy's coming now starting to surge I think he's going to be something and I could go on and on so my dedication and focus is to my fighters and uh I think that the breakdown show has made me a better coach because I've had to focus even more and for that it, I can file it under that it makes me better at my job so I will I will do it but anything that takes away from my athletes or my time or my my focus and my dedication of what we started you know 10 years ago I've got to really analyze. So I keep, I think you're going to be staying in that chair for a long time. 
Well, you do a great job with it, honestly. And uh, I hope I'm not oversharing, but I was at breakfast with my family and I saw you there the first day that we were there, Thursday morning. No, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. And uh, we were talking about it and you showed me the notes that you put together for these. And I was blown away by how detailed it was and how you have to remember all of it. There's no prompt or anything like that. So you're really taking this seriously. Says a lot about your preparation, the way you attack things. Obviously, you do the same when it comes to fighting. But you were—I mean, I was—that uh, was like eight pages or something of detailed, detailed uh, notes. Fourteen. Fourteen. Jeez, Louise! I don't yeah. want to sell you short. Fourteen pages of detailed 14. notes on on this show. Unbelievable. By the way, not to you know, but you know, t- tell them about Walter's right hand. I mean, you felt my eight-year-old oh, son's right, right hand. I mean, we got to talk about this. Stuff. Tell them. So tell dad, them. you know, dad's dad's over. Usually they oversell. You know, oh, this kid, he's this, this kid, he's that. And let's just talk about it. beautiful family. Ariel's got a beautiful family. Thank you, thank you. And, uh, you know, we know your daughter's the dominator. She yeah. was kind of dictating yeah. the pace. <laughs> she me, was. Me as a man, me as a man with two daughters, completely understand that. And uh, daughters rule the roost, and I get that. But you got two sons and uh, well-mannered boys, nice and quiet, right? Yeah. They, had the bills, they had the bills paraphernalia yeah. going. I yeah. mean, they're yeah. definitely well-rooted in the hell-wanting <laughs> tradition. Uh, but your son, you know, unprompted, unscripted, you were like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was, you just were like, Hey man, just, this kid got a good right hand, but yeah. this kid has got a, he's got a Deontay Wilder <laughs> right hand. I mean, you know, let me tell you something now. All right. You can laugh. And I'm not telling you this to make you feel good about yourself. Cause I don't know. Maybe you got it from his mom, Ariel. Maybe it's very good chance. You. Very good chance. So, but this kid, I mean, he, he, he popped the jab, but then the two, he just sat down on it. And then remember, I mean, the knuckles were getting closer and closer to my face. Yes, they and, were. and you were like, whoa, <laughs> slow down. You're like, slow down, man. Don't hit them. And uh, you never know. It's always the quiet ones. Yeah. Right. It's always the quiet ones. But the kid has a heavy two. And I told you, look, I love training kids. And, uh, you know, my daughters themselves, they take class at the gym. And, and it's just pure, man. Everybody should know how to fight so they feel good about who they are. They feel they can protect themselves. And nobody should ever feel like, you know, they can't stand up for themselves or, or that they're weak or that they'll be bullied. And, and it doesn't matter how quiet someone is or how shy they are, knowing that knowledge. And that's a big thing what we do at the gym, right? You know, we've got a lot of fighters. We have so many other people that don't fight professionally, but we give them that knowledge and that confidence. And we build that, 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 that just that feeling inside them that they're in control, you know, that they are powerful. And martial arts is, is amazing, man. And, you see this a lot in jujitsu and no punches are even being thrown, right? It changes people's lives. And I think that it empowers people and you could see him, right? I mean, he was smiling. Was he practicing after that? Afterwards, he was, I was holding up my hands and I actually felt like he was hitting me harder. I was like, why didn't you show him this? I felt like you were holding back. He's like, oh, you know, I didn't want to. I was like, no, you gave him 50%. But yeah, it was great, man. I really, really appreciate it. You, uh, I, I could yeah, tell absolutely. you brightened his day. It was really, really nice. It was one of the highlights of the trip to uh, see you on the first morning there, hang out with you for a bit, eat a bit, and uh, introduce you to my family. So thank you for that. Thank you. Absolutely. You were really kind absolutely. to them. And congrats to you absolutely. and the team on an incredible weekend. Thank and you. I'm curious to see where this boxing thing goes for you guys. Like you said, you're 2-0 and now, so why not uh, keep two it and going? 0. Appreciate it. You never, you never, you never know what's going to happen. So, but again, it will require a lot of work. So, not, nothing is easy, and and all of it requires a lot of work in boxing too. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, it's no problem. No, it's it requires a ton of work as well. So, good luck in November. Big fights for you. Can't wait for them. Thanks for the time, my man.
Thank you very much, man. Good to All see right. you. Thanks. There he is, Safe Saud, the head man over at Fortis MMA. Big weekend for him. And, and yeah, he held up the, uh, the hands for Walter and he was cracking him. He was, I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. Big time MMA coach impressed with my son's right hand. Listen, I may not be the fighter, but uh, there might be a Helwani coming up who will truly represent Helwani boxing. Now, let's move along. Uh, very excited to talk to our next guest. A couple weeks ago, had a tough night in uh, in Abu Dhabi, but he has dusted himself off. He is uh, back on the uh, the horse, so to speak, and uh, I still think very, very big things to come. Of course, you remember the main event, Issa Makhachev, Charles Oliveira. Remember what happened to Makhachev around 10 or so fights ago. Everyone drops one. Everyone uh, has a bad night at the office. It's how you return. It's how you come back. I expect big things from this man. I'm talking about Sean Brady who had the tough fight against Bilal Muhammad, but kind enough to join us. Hey, Sean, how are you? Thanks for doing this. What's up, brother? Yeah, man, of course. I'm, I'm good. I'm home. Thank God. Uh, it, was a, <laughs> it was a long trip home, but uh, I'm back in Philly. Been here for about a week, just getting back into the groove of things. I trained this morning, so I'm good, man. I'm honestly the best I've ever been, which is pretty crazy to say, but uh, I'm great. So, so for someone listening to that, why are you the best that you've ever been? Because they would think maybe that, you know, you would be somewhere lamenting the fact, sad about the fact that you lost. Why are you the best you've ever been? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. After the fight, I definitely, I had, listen, I cried. You know, I had my moments. Um, I had my moments on the plane coming home. Even when I got home, the first day was kind of not, not the easiest, but I had this sense, literally the second that fight was over, I had like this sense of relief. Like I was carrying around like this weight on my shoulders of like being undefeated. And it almost felt like my entire life was built around me being undefeated. And that if I lost that, my life would be over. And that's kind of how it felt. Even the week, like in Abu Dhabi, I told my wife, I was having dreams that I lost the fight. And it was just, my dream was me being the way I am right now. And life just being like normal, like, in my mind, I thought life was going to end if I lost a fight. So I wasn't even fighting to win. I was just fighting not to lose my record, if that makes sense. And as soon as I lost, I'm like, man, that's the worst thing that could have happened to me. And it's done. Like, it's over with. I don't have to worry about it anymore. So my mind has just opened up so much. And um, I just feel this sense of relief that I can just be like a new person. Like, I can, I can be a new fighter. And um yeah, it's just a crazy, crazy experience and a crazy weight off my shoulders. Wow. Uh, I can understand that. We've heard that from undefeated fighters or even champions who lose the belt but then seem to be relieved afterwards. So uh, we've heard this sort of thing before. Are you surprised by that feeling? Like, Did you think that that was going to be a thing if you ever did have to deal with a loss? Yeah, and I've always asked myself, like, how are you going to... I'm always asking myself, how are you going to react if uh, you lose, you know, because it's a possibility. And I know, like, I mentally beat myself. Like, I went back and I watched the fight and I looked good the first round. And I, But in my mind, I was like, I, I'm my hardest critic and um, it cost me the fight. But um, I, if I could go back and win the fight, if I had the choice, I wouldn't have. Because all the lessons I've learned about myself and all these little things I need to change and I'm going to change going forward would never have happened. I would have continued to do the same things I was doing and eventually it would have caught up to me. So I'm so happy that this loss happened to me now. Because like you said, guys will lose one fight and then they go on these crazy tears. GSP lost, yep. went on a crazy tear. Islam lost once. 
everyone's going to lose eventually. And um, I'm, I'm really surprised with how good I'm handling it. And I see people and they come up to me and they like are saying sorry. And like, they're like hitting up me and my wife and they feel bad. I'm like, listen, like I'm good. Like I'm back in the gym. Like I'm happy, you know, like I'm, I'm not devastated. Like, yeah, it sucks, but you can't go swimming without getting wet. Like eventually it's going to happen and it's going to happen to all of us, but I'm not even 30 years old. I'm so young in my career. I literally feel like this is just my career starting now. Like now I can just be a completely different fighter, a completely different person. And now I have to worry about losing. Cause I always wondered, I'm like, damn, like it's going to be over if I lose and life just rolls on. Like it's, it, the, it's the same. My life is completely normal. The people who love me, love me. My team loves me. I'm still ranked in the top 10 in the UFC. I'm going to go and train and fight again soon. And I get to go and do it again. And that's the best thing. And um, yeah, I, I started working with a new uh, mental coach already. His name's Brian Kane. He worked with GSP after his first fight. So I'm just doing all these new things. I'm going to go train, get with some different bodies, not leave my team but just go travel a little bit, train. I got to get outside my comfort zone. And I would have never done that if mm. I would have won this fight. So um, I'm just opening up a whole bunch of new doors. So you, you wrote that in a post after the fight that you were going to get out of your comfort zone. And I was just about to ask you what you meant by that. So does that mean, you know, because maybe because when you're undefeated, you're like, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But now that that's gone, you yeah. can go out and train with other people. Yeah, and not even I've always wanted to go to um, Florida and train with those guys down there. Like I have connections with guys, and I just always wanted to train, and I just never did because I just lived inside of my comfort zone and like just always just doing my same routine and just being comfortable with that and training with the same guys. Don't get me wrong; I'm not leaving my team. Like that's not what I'm saying, but I want to go train and learn some new things from different people and train with different bodies and just get different experiences, you know? And I feel like I've always held myself back from that. Like I'm going to go down to Texas and train with Gordon Ryan and those jujitsu guys and just, just go do different things. I always just get ca so caught up in what I was doing and just trying to be the best at everything and just being comfortable where I was at instead of like going and maybe getting beat up by some different guys, you know? So now I'm going to open up those doors and, and do that. Go be, I got to go be the nail somewhere. I can't always just be the hammer in mm. my, where I'm at. In Florida, do you mean the uh, the Killcliffe guys, formerly Sanford? Yeah, so Eddie Alvarez obviously yep. has a good connection with them. And me, I fought one of their guys a while ago. And afterwards, me and Henry Hooft have always kind of chatted. And just, I know like Brendan Allen and those guys down there and um, Aaron Jeffrey, who I fought, he's down there. So there's so many good guys down there. I would love to get down there if they would have me and train and just mix it up with those guys. And I know Eddie goes back and forth between here and Florida. So he called me right after the fight. He's like, dude, we can book a flight down there whenever you want. So nice. I have so many options, you know, and I just got to um, just I can only do this for so long. I got to I got to go and open up those doors now. And by the way, look no further than the man who beat you a couple of weeks ago, Bilal Muhammad, who I think has looked great as of late. Someone who yeah. stumbled early on, but now on quite a roll and very close to uh, that yep. title picture. Yep. I'm, I'm wondering, in retrospect, did you underestimate him? No, I didn't underestimate at all. I trained hard for that fight. And that's another thing that is very, I'm very fortunate that happened. If I would have won that fight, I would have either been fighting for a number one contender or even possibly for the belt. Like crazier things have happened. And I'm not ready for that. And I'm honest with myself. And I know mentally I'm not. Physically, my skills, I know I can beat anybody in the world. But mentally, 
that entire week, I just beat myself. Even going into the fight, like walking to the arena, like I beat myself. Like, oh how, yeah. How did you beat all, yourself? You did good. I just didn't. I don't. I didn't believe in myself. I started mm. questioning myself. Like, do do you deserve to be here? Um, and I'm like I said, I was having those dreams that I lost, and it wasn't even in my mind that in the dream I lost a ball. I just lost a fight. And I'm like, fuck, like, and I couldn't get back on track to me winning. Like my thoughts, like every time I thought about it, I could never go back to how good I was and how good my skills were. So I was mentally beat before I even got in there. And even when um, that flurry of punches were going on, I wasn't out. I could have, I should have grabbed them. I should have threw one punch back. I was watching the clock. I watched the clock go from 20 down to 11. And I thought I was going to make it to the next round. But I just, I froze. I didn't grab him or I didn't try to do something I, which I should have done, you know? And I just mentally just, I mentally fucking froze. And do you think it was the moment, you know, on. being overseas, uh, pay-per-view, high profile card, did any of that come into play? Um, Probably a little bit. Like it was definitely, uh, well, it was a very, for the record, everybody in Abu Dhabi was super nice, but walking out, it was hostile as shit like it was a very hostile crowd to walk out i imagine it's probably what's like walking out in philly but um it was very hostile and like i said like even the first round like i went back and seen what a lot of people a lot of people thought i won the first round but in my mind going into the second round i'm like fuck you lost that round i never give like i never gave myself a chance got it and then it just was over before before i even got to got even like when i shot a couple takedowns like everyone who knows me afterwards like dude like you don't shoot like that like I like I'm usually if I'm in on it, I just didn't believe in my skills. And I and I've always suffered with that. And martial arts is one of the things that the best thing it's ever done for me was build confidence. But I still struggle with that every day of not being a, a confident person when I should be, you know, and um, I just wasn't confident in my abilities. I wasn't confident in my training that I did. And it cost me the fight, but it cost me the fight. But I've gotten so much more out of it than that undefeated record was doing for me. By the way, uh, you also mentioned something in your post after the fight about your wife. Were, were people harassing her? What is going on over here? Yeah, well, you know, like the the, the messages you get, but um, yeah. yeah, she got some pretty nasty messages. Like what someone messaged her, someone messaged her that they said, if I won the fight against Bilal, they were going to, they were going to kill me, and bury me in the desert. Like they, they were, yeah, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty bad. What the hell? But, they're, they're they're reaching yeah. out to your wife to say this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my it was, god, that is horrible. Yeah, that is horrible. Was she yeah, there was with you? Bad. Yeah, she was there. My parents were there, and um, she was right there. Like she was front row with Joey Piper, and she busted through the like the security and like got to me like when I was walking out of the uh, walking out of the ring. But yeah, she was right there with me, and like I said, yeah, she's got some. Some nasty messages, but like, dude, like these fans are fucking, they're scumbags. Like, yeah. they're, don't get me wrong, there's great fans, but then there are these people who have these fake profiles and they write to you afterwards about, like, I just read some message today. I had a, and it was just like, you're a piece of shit. Like, Jesus. like they just, they, they say the most wild things to you. And um, I don't let it get to me. Like, I, don't, I, I try not to read in that shit anymore, but like, dude, my wife's a, a, a registered nurse. Like, she's a, like, all she does is take care of people and people are, threatening her and calling her this and calling her that so um message me don't message my yeah wife. like i mean especially is... if you're a man like be a man you want to say something to me say it to me don't say it to my fucking wife because my wife could probably beat you up but i know for a fact you wouldn't say that shit if we were in real life 
And that's the problem. All these people get to hide behind these screens and say these things. And like, even I lost the fight, but my life isn't over. I still live my dream every day. These people hate their lives and that's why they do what they do. So I almost kind of feel bad for them, but I'd like to slap the shit out of them too at the same time. But by the way, I mean, it is what it is. This, this doesn't have anything to do with you, but I was talking to someone about this uh, regarding all this Jake Paul stuff. Like I think a lot of the jealousy that he gets is because it's people who hate their lives, who are seeing someone succeed yep. and uh it just brings out a really ugly side of humanity and uh you know yep, unfortunately 100%. That's the worst part of social media so what about you like in a perfect world when would you return when would you like to fight again um i'm think uh, sooner than later i'm i think they just announced that february 18th card i'm mm. hearing it's going to be a fight night somewhere i want it it was nice to be back in front of a crowd i want to be in front yeah. of a crowd i want to i'm hoping it's an east coast card like it did like even though it was a hostile crowd it felt good just to be in front of people again so i definitely want to be not at the apex i know there's also march 5th i'm hearing is at the t-mobile i think that's a pay-per-view so somewhere in that time frame if i get married like me and my wife were already legally married but our wedding's may 5th ah. so i want to fight before that so i can enjoy my wedding enjoy a bachelor party or whatever my boys are going to do for me and uh then get back then fight again in the summertime so I have no injuries. I want to fight in February. Definitely not in, I'm not traveling. I'm not yeah. going to South Korea and I'm yeah. not going to Australia. So keep me in the States. Um, and no Apex. A fights that have to play out. Yeah, no, no, no none of that. No. So uh, I'm going to sit down with my team, see, see what the UFC says about potential opponents and go from there. Do you have a preference as far as opponent? Not really. Not really. Um, if, if I look at the rankings, I mean, me and Luke are literally right next to each other. Yeah, that would be a, that'd be a good fight. But I know he just came off a tough loss, and I'm sure he probably wants some time off. But um, yeah, it's it's whatever these guys think. I'll talk to my team, and whatever they think, we'll we'll try and get it. By the way, how far do you think Bilal can go? Do you think he could be champion? Yeah, he's he's good, man. Everybody like I never counted him out. You know, like, I knew how how good he was and i trained for but i know that i can beat him and i know i can beat any of these guys it's just i beat myself but yeah i think he's going to do good like i think he's a style that the next guys in front of him he's either he's gonna be fighting for the number one contender and then probably a belt and i'm gonna i'm gonna go win a couple fights and then i'll get my rematch with him and then we'll have a it's it's gonna be a nice storyline so uh i finally i never knew i was gonna have one of those where it's like Fight huh. one, fight two, fight yeah, three. Yeah. But now it's going. Something like that's going to happen, and it's going to be a cool story to have. Well, uh, I appreciate the way you're handling this, and and the candor, and, and and the openness, and the honesty. So much respect to you, my friend. Uh, you've got a very, very bright career ahead of you, and uh, I bet you, I will bet you anything that I have that in you know a year or two we're going to be like, remember that fight and what it did for yeah. you, and now you're on a winning streak. Yeah. We've seen this story a million times. You mentioned <laughs> yeah. some of them. Rose is another one. She lost, and then she becomes yeah. champion. So uh, you'll be just fine. Kudos to you on how Thank you're handling you, it. I wish you the best, and uh, good luck in the next one. And, and uh, Thank you, Aaron. I don't know if you're a Phillies fan, but uh, good luck to your, to the Phillies. I was at the I was at the Eagles game yesterday. Uh, we got the Phillies tonight. So geez, Louise, good things are happening. Philadelphia is on fire, man. I am jealous. On fire. Well done. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Thank All the you, best. Brother. I appreciate it, Ariel. Yeah, Philadelphia sports on fire. How about those Eagles? Uh, still undefeated. Uh, still the second best team in the NFL, if you ask me, uh, but still undefeated. And uh, the Phillies as well, 1-1. Who'd have thunk it? How about that?
great stuff. Love the way he's handling it. Uh, love uh, that he is uh, being so honest and, and open about everything. Much respect to him. Now, uh, let's uh, let's go to our next guest. I'm looking forward to talking to this man. He had, uh, you know, honestly, like Islam won and it was a big deal. I felt like more people were talking about his performance, his fight, the result, the decision, and they're still talking about it. And uh, he's even in the news today. Uh, I believe he is on the road. I believe he is not in his usual locale. I saw him on Saturday. He was in the front row at the Jake Paul fight. Very excited, as always, to talk to the one and only Sugar Sean O'Malley, who may just be the number one contender at 135 pounds. Let's say hello to the man. Hello, Sean. How are you? Ariel, how's it going, brother? I'm doing good. You said may just be the number one contender. I am okay. the number one contender. All right. I, I said that. And by the way, great to see you on... Uh, on Saturday. Uh, I want to ask you about that. But the reason I said May was, I don't know, you know, in, in the cage afterwards, you were you were sort of non-committal, kind of processing it all. I wasn't sure where you were at 10 or so days later. Yeah, I mean, right after the fight, you get hit in the head a couple of times, you're exhausted. It's just like, I, I just wanted to sit down, watch the fight, you know, an, uh, analyze my performance. And uh, yeah, so I was able to do that. Have you watched the fight? Multiple times, yeah, probably five times. And and you feel fair and square. There's no controversy. You won, right? I mean, if you're if if you're judging that fight off of damage, I think one and three are clearly mine. Um, did you did you get a chance to rewatch it? Yes. What, what was your thought? So yeah, I mean, it, it's really it's really one, right? One is the controversial one. It's so freaking yeah. close. I don't think it's a robbery. I just think it's like. I have no problem with it, honestly. Uh, upon first viewing, yeah. I'll be 100% honest with you, I thought they were going to give it to him. I thought it was 29-28 for him. I thought first and second for him, third clearly for you. I don't know how the third can't be for you. That one blows my mind. It really comes down to the first, and I, I don't have a problem with it. I wish there were two more rounds. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, that's that was the narrative, too, kind of going into that fight. was like, Sean's so lucky it's not five rounds. <laughs> like, well, I mean, didn't look like that. But yeah, I think one and three were clearly mine. I think a lot of the people initially that came out and, and were just so mad that I won were all the same exact people that were saying I was going to get absolutely smoked. So then I go in there and win, and now you know they're having a tough time. But I, yeah, I I highly recommend everyone to go back and rewatch the fight uh, before you make your solid opinion. But yeah, I I definitely think upon rewatching it, uh, the viewpoint changes a little bit. I'm wondering, was he tougher than you thought he would be? No, I went in there with you know expecting him him to be as tough as he was. You know, the number one guy in the world. I, I do think if you ask him the same question, I think I surprised him a lot. I think uh, I don't think he was ready for me to be as skilled as I was or as tough. You know, I ate the ate a couple left hands. He took me down. I was able to get back up. I was threatening off my back. Um, so I, I think I was a lot better than he, he was expecting. He was he was as good as I was expecting. I was training and planning for, for the number one guy in the world, and that's that's what I got. Fair to say that he took you to a place that you've never been before? Absolutely. That's where I, you know, that's what I train for is to go to that place. You know, you can only train as so hard in sparring and, you know, on the treadmill and stuff. So yeah, I, I was expecting that. And I even said going into that fight, I said, "There's Peter's going to be the guy to, to take me to that next level. I don't think anyone's taking me there. Pedro, I thought, might be able to. Obviously, that didn't go 
didn't wasn't a super tough fight or whatever but uh yeah i was i was planning on that i was prepared for that and i showed that i was prepared for that what about his power like feeling that type of power what was that like because i feel like you've never been hit Uh, like that before right yeah i've never been hit like that um he didn't feel like super super strong on the ground i never felt like i was gonna get stuck in any positions or anything um as far as on the feet yeah he cracked me with a good left hand hit me with a couple good uh good shots and uh yeah i mean i think that just goes to show how good a shape i was in yeah um i think that what you did was uh you know hopefully i don't know maybe you're not getting but like hopefully the doubters are going away hopefully you proved your point am i am i wrong about that do you still feel like people are doubting you do you still feel like people don't believe Oh yeah, I mean, I go out there. I could go out there and, and, and you know beat Algermain, and they'd still say stuff. So I, I think it's just it just comes with the territory. All right, fair enough. By the way, how was the experience over there in Abu Dhabi? Did they treat you well? Feel it felt like you were embracing it. The culture, the the you know the the attire. How was it for you? Yeah, I had a great time. Brought the team out. We were there for I think seventeen, eighteen days total. Um, got adjusted. I'm glad we went out as early as we did. Uh, first time fighting out of the country and um you know I, I felt it felt like a second home as far as fighting it felt like a second vegas to me so you know i really liked it i was i was i wasn't i wasn't surprised how many fans i had out there like you know walking around it was you know the same same as walking around la it felt like wow um so are you fighting for the belt next Am I fighting for the belt next? I mean, I, I'd, if I have to go talk to UFC, I haven't talked to UFC yet. I'm going to go there maybe next week, I think, and sit down with Hunter and Sean and Dana. And uh, so I, I don't know. If I had to guess, I would say yes. It's in my next fight. Next time I step in the octagon will be for the UFC title. By the way, is everything okay? Are you in a hospital right now? What's going on? No, we're in uh, this clinic. Tim's getting stem cells in his shoulders. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I saw like a dude holding a thing and I was like, is, are you all right? Is it, I don't know if you're having another child or something. I wasn't sure. No, yeah. Oh, shit, maybe. You never know. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, this mo- Do you have to go? No, no, I'm good. Oh, okay. I'm chilling. I'm just okay. sitting there. Um, this morning, uh, Henry Cejudo said, hey, if Aljo isn't going to fight me, how about me versus Sean for the interim belt? Did you see this tweet? And if so, what did you make of it? That dude is, I heard from someone close to Henry that he's got like $37 in the bank. and He's literally just trying to do anything to get some money and trying to book a fight. So I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. Henry, Henry's like a, you know, opening main card kind of co-main event kind of dude. So I, I don't know if, even if him and Aljo go fight, there'll probably be some co-main event on some card. I, it's just hard to say. Do you, We've, every time, I feel like every time we talk about this guy, it's like, is he actually coming back? Right. So, I, I don't know. I don't really put much thought into that. So uh, I had heard last week, and I mentioned it on the show, that they were thinking of doing Aljo versus Henry in Perth. Um, are, are you hearing the same about that? I heard it just because you said it. Other oh. than that, I haven't heard that. Um, I, I, I don't know. Cause I saw Aljo tweet something about June, which is obviously wouldn't make that make that wouldn't make sense um i think we're gonna have a lot of answers a lot of questions answered when i talk to ufc after i talk to them okay and and just curious if they did book it for february would you just wait at that point and fight the winner uh march may june july because then it's a long time for you on the sidelines right yeah if you i mean i think 
I, I need to fight twice a year. So I, I, ideally I, I wait for the title, but if it makes it to where I can't fight twice a year, I might have to, you know, whoop Cheeto or whoop Corey or someone just in, in, the, in the meantime while I wait. But ideally next fight is for the title. Didn't Dana say that if you win this fight, you're the guy fighting for the belt before the fight? Yeah, he he, he did say that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if, uh, yeah, where'd you hear Henry versus Aljo? Well, I can't reveal my sources, Sean, but uh, that's what I heard they wanted. Now, does it happen? Like, I have a hard time believing Aljo's going to Perth in uh, three months to defend that title. I What I said, by the way, just to be clear, was that that is what they want, not that's what's... Uh, I didn't say, like, that's in their, in their, in their perfect world. So I, I don't I would, know. I can't, I can't imagine them wanting that, Aljo versus Henry. Like, does anybody really want that? Like, does that... <laughs> Like I don't really see that, but them being like, "Oh, we want this. This is big. This will this will get a, like seven. This will get like a couple more people watch the fight." I don't think that's something they want. Maybe that's something they just kind of put together just to fill a spot. But I don't know. We'll we'll see. Are you surprised Aljo's not calling you out? I feel like uh, that. I mean, money fight wise, buzz wise, you're the guy. Obviously, you're the most popular guy. Are you surprised he's not being more aggressive in that regard? He's called me out a couple times. I think uh, I think we're all kind of just waiting to see where, where the UFC where the UFC wants to go with that, um, in, in what direction they want to go. But yeah, like you said, I I really am that the money fight as far as if we're trying to sell pay per views. Um, I will obviously do five times whatever Henry would do. But that then again, it's like I I want to sit down and, and renegotiate my contract too because I've been on a lot of big pay per views and I know I know where I stand as far as uh, um you know selling pay-per-views so i'm gonna i'm gonna sit down with them and and hopefully yeah come do come do something we both agree upon and i think that uh yeah like i said in a week or two we'll, we'll know a lot more can i can i mention something that drives me nuts um and 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 perhaps you could you could present it to them don't say it's from me though okay just for your own good i won't okay yeah. drives me nuts when they do this thing that a champion gets pay-per-view points but not the challenger what the hell is like? What is that? Like sometimes the challenger is more popular than the champion, as you know, and sometimes it's a fifty-fifty thing. But why should one get the points and not the other if you're selling the pay-per-view? Is, could I ask if this is something you've thought about? Absolutely, it's something I've thought about. I mean, as far going into a say, I go into my next fight against Aljo, and you're telling me Aljo's gonna get the pay-per-view points and I'm not. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's something like. Uh, you know, we'll talk about behind closed doors with UFC and see if we can come through something. But yeah, no, it's definitely something I thought about. Some people, I mean, I get it. I don't I understand why they don't. They're not, you know, not getting pay per view points. But I should be. Yeah. So if it was up to you, perfect world, you're fighting for the belt next. You're getting pay per view points, and uh, and you're ready. Like you feel like you've arrived to that point. You are ready to fight for the belt. Yeah, I would say if it's June, July, it gives me. I'm ready to get back to work. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much healed up. I think next week I'll be able to get back, get back to work, and uh, you know, just grind, just grapple, grapple, grapple. Do what I've been doing the last five, six years, just grinding on the grappling. And uh, you know, Aljo's obviously that's where where he um, excels. Is, is he wants to take you down, take you back, and, and put you choke you out. So yeah, I think uh, June, July, Sugar Show. Versus Aljo could be could be a thing, and uh, obviously TJ was was hurt, so it's hard to really like gauge how good Aljo was in that particular fight. He looked to be in great shape. He did what he had to do, but if anything, did you have any sort of takeaway from his performance? 
two weekends ago? Um, yeah, yeah, it really does suck for TJ. I feel, feel almost feel bad for him that uh, he got another year layoff with that shoulder. But I don't know, it just I don't know why you would go into a fight that that cal that high level fight for a title, and when you're that compromised, unless you're you know hurting like Henry and you need some extra cheddar. <laughs> So I, I thought that's the only thing I could think of. I like DJ. I think, he, you know, I don't, I don't mind the guy, but uh, I don't know, understand why you'd go into that fight like that. But yeah, I, I didn't really even watch the fight yet. So. Okay. I mean, you, you had just fought, right? Um, yeah. Once that happened and you probably needed some time. I, I, I love the way you handled it in the aftermath. And it, it, to me, it felt like someone who was, you know, just kind of processing what happened. You didn't puff your chest out too much. You you weren't you know like I thought I thought it was like a real cool side of you in the post fight interview in the cage. Um, I don't know how much you remember from that moment, but uh, I thought it was like a, a different kind of side of you in that moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm always I feel like I'm I'm good at always just being myself. You know, I've always in that in the cage. It's just you know I'm not really I was just being myself. I wanted to watch the fight back. I wasn't. I knew I knew it was a close fight, and everyone's like, "Oh, Sean was even surprised he won." And I don't really know where they got that from. I was just in, being in the moment. I always close my eyes after every, every you know, fight. And, and just kind of, when you close your eyes, you can really feel more and be more in the moment, I feel like, for me personally. So I was just doing that. And then they announced my name and I smiled. And people, I don't know where they're getting this narrative, like, oh, he was he was even surprised he won. But yeah, it was it was a cool experience. Uh, you posted a picture of you and T- Tim. Speaking of Tim, your your longtime coach, uh, Tim Welch, who I, I hope is okay um, uh, over there. But uh, I'm just wondering, like that picture, you look at that kid, it's amazing to see you in that picture, how young you were. That was 10 years ago, right? Yeah, so that picture was 2013. Wow, it's not even yeah. 10 years ago. Unbelievable. Yeah. We're showing the picture right now. Uh-huh. Could, I, could I ask you, like, would that kid have believed how big you are now and how successful you are now like did that kid believe that you can reach these heights that kid would have told you that i was uh, i would be exactly where we're at you know maybe not exactly but i remember coming to arizona for the first time and telling tim like oh we're going to the top like we're going to be the biggest thing and tim looked at me like i was just some delusional 18 year old kid that was just like what are you talking about so i've believed this for a long time i've seen this and i've you know i'm yeah, I wasn't. I'm not surprised where we're at at all. When do you think that he started to believe that what you were saying was true? When did you feel like he was on board with this crazy vision? That's a really good question. With I think we'd have to ask Tim that. That's a uh, that's a good question. But uh, I mean, it's because it, it has been kind of slow. But definitely, <laughs> I mean, looking back, we've had cry. I mean, all my pro fights. What am I? Seventeen and zero now. Ariel seventeen. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's been 20, 20 plus fights since that we've been together. So it's been a it's been slow but but steady. And by the way, speaking of that, I just like selfishly, you're two of my favorites and I, I would really love to see you and Cheeto do it again. I feel like that could be a massive massive fight on any show. Obviously a headliner for a fight night, but pay-per-view massive. Can we get this at some point? What do you think? Does this need to happen? 100%. I've been saying it since since a couple of days after that fight, everyone's like, you need the rematch. You need the rematch. And I've been saying it. It'll happen when it's ready. It's going to be a massive fight. It's going to be a big fight. Uh, yeah. Me versus Cheeto is the biggest fight in the division right now. Bigger than, I, I'd say me versus Cheeto is a bigger fight than me versus Aljo. I, um, 
you know, as far as numbers wise and, and if people, if they really wanted to sell that at the pay-per-view again, though, it's like, if we're doing paper, if I'm selling pay-per-views, I want to get pay-per-view points. Right. So that's something I'm, like I said, I'm going to talk with UFC and everything, but uh, yeah, I think that's a massive fight that, that would definitely, that's going to happen 2023, 2024. I can't imagine it not next year. happening next year at some point. Okay. And maybe with a belt on the line. Um, I saw you on Saturday at the fight. Uh, I know you're, you're friendly with the Paul brothers. What did you make of yep. his performance against Anderson Silva? He impressed me. Jake, Jake impressed me. Um, you know, I thought, I thought the later the fight went on, I thought Anderson might kind of put it on him if, if it kept, if it continued to go into the later rounds. Um, but I think it just goes to show how good a shape Jake was in, how serious he t- took the fight camp, how serious he takes the sport. Um, he was throwing good combos on the inside. He was going to the body. Nice. He was, he was doing a lot of things right. And, uh, I, I was very impressed with Jake. Um, and do you think like at this point, where, where are you as far as where he's at in his career? You want to see him fight Nate Diaz? You want to see him fight a real boxer? What, what do you want to see? Because this is the very, you know, important question that we're all trying to answer on this Monday. I always want to see the biggest fights. Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz is the biggest fight. That's what I would like to see. Jake wants to, I think, you know, wants to be taken more serious and fight a real, like a boxer boxer and, and go after a belt. But I think, I'm like, you might as well fight Nate Diaz. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if Nate, I don't know if Nate takes that fight. Nate might have seen, you know, Jake looked good. Jake didn't look, you know, that's, not like Nate probably looked at him and thought, oh, I could go in there and just whoop him. So, you know, that might be a fight that Nate doesn't even really take. Wow. You, you think Jake wins that fight? Jake versus Nate? Yeah. I mean, there's only one way to see it. If you would ask me, do you think Jake beats Anderson? I, I'm, I'd say the same thing. There's only one way to know. Uh-huh. You know, they got to go out there and fight. I don't know if Jake beats Nate. Um, what he showed versus Anderson, I would say there's a very good chance. Uh, so I think it would be an epic fight. It would be an epic fight. I, I, w- I would love to see it as well. I would also love to see him fight like the Tommy Furies of the world. But overall, did you enjoy Because yeah. I remember I spoke to you about the August of last year experience, and you were like, oh, man, people were bothering me, this and that. Uh, you were at that one, right, in Cleveland? This time around, did you yeah. enjoy it more? Yeah, I was able to. They put me in the front front, so I wasn't getting bombarded by, <laughs> by the fans, which was which was nice. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good experience. I, you know, the... I didn't really. I got there later, later on purpose because that's all I really was there to see was Jake versus Anderson, and uh, it delivered. I, I had a great time. By the way, I noticed that you still had the cornrows in. Do you do you usually keep them this long after the fight? Oh, there they are. They're of course. Still... Yeah, they're still there. Um, yeah, I like to. Uh, I like to keep them in. They're nice. It's nice and easy, and I just wear them until they kind of start falling out. Okay, and of course you have the luxury of uh, your your partner doing them for you, right? So you can take them out whenever you want. How yeah. long does that take? To take them out? To to put them in and to take them out. Uh, putting them in, hour, taking them out. Taking them out is actually the t- tougher part. Takes me takes me a while, but I always have to gra- uh, braid my hair when I'm grappling a lot. So I usually have my hair braided like ninety percent of fight camps, just because. Uh, it gets ripped out if it's not braided. Okay. All right. So in conclusion, a uh, perfect world. You sit down with the UFC next week. You said it is something like that. Yeah. Ideally. Yep. Yeah. You sit down, you talk about your deal, you get a title fight sometime, maybe in like the second quarter of 2023. Is that, is that pretty much sum it up? Sums it up. Sums it up. Good. How do we beat Aljo in your mind? 
Alves was a tough, tough, tough fight. He's probably the toughest fight in the division. Um, obviously, he's a champ. You know, I, I believe in my skill set, and I think it's we just got to go to a dark place, go go where we were with Peter, and, and that's where we beat him. But I also could could drop him early, and I'm all, I'll always say that against anybody I fight. I could be on a 37-fight losing streak, and I'll say I still could drop him in the first round. I'm dangerous in the first. Well, I'm dangerous. I was dangerous in the third, too. I about put Peter's head, took it off. I need him, cut him open, landed a couple couple flurries and threw another knee when he was up against the cage. That might have really sent him away from the UFC. I know he's talking about maybe not being the UFC. That knee would have put him into one FC or Bellator for sure. <laughs> By the way, no uh, bodyguard this time. He had enough. I saw him afterwards. He was sweating up there. He couldn't handle the heat? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no Schmidt today. All right. Well, uh, thanks for doing this, my man. I appreciate it. Uh, good to see you. Congrats again on the win. Incredible stuff. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for you. Thanks for doing this. Area, you're the man, brother. Talk soon. Appreciate it. There he is, Sean O'Malley. Uh, I was on his podcast uh, not that long ago. Check that out. It's on his uh, YouTube page alongside his uh, coach, Tim Welch. And uh, I am looking forward to seeing what they do. What, what is, uh, is GC back there? Yep. What, what, do they have odds yet for him versus Aljo? No, but I'd be curious to see what they are. Yeah. Very curious. Let's see. Usually they come out with them right away when it's clear like there's a next. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's anything up yet. I would uh, imagine Aljamain will be the favorite, but. Would love to see. I don't want to see. First of all, like all this interim crap. No, thank you. Interim should be last resort. And also, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Aljo just fought a week ago. A week ago. How are we talking interim? Interim should be if there's someone who got hurt, um, someone who's suspended. I don't know. But like someone who's out for a very long time, that's when you should do the interim fight. And the guy just fought. And if he doesn't want to go, honestly, if he doesn't want to go to Perth in February, I don't blame him. Now, he hasn't said that. I'm speaking on his behalf here. But I do not blame him. I think that I think if O'Malley and the UFC come to some sort of agreement here that he has earned it after beating Peter Jan. As we said leading up to the fight, I could also understand why they want to do the Cejudo fight because of the fact that he you know, was the champion. He relinquished it. It's a name. It's an interesting matchup. I think it's interesting that Dana rarely, rarely says before a fight that if this guy wins he's getting it and it seemed like he said it before Sean's fight against Piotr and now it seems like they're less I don't know confident about it forceful about it at the post-fight press conference he talked about Henry Cejudo's a potential and then I heard what I heard about Perth so I don't know and again to be clear I never said that the Perth fight was a done deal I just said that's what they wanted they want a lot of things um and often those things don't come to fruition. I was just saying what I heard they wanted in the works plan, not even in the works, honestly, like on their little like fantasy board, if you will. By the way, in case you missed it, uh, we announced that at 3.30, Jake Paul is going to join us. Fresh off his big win this Saturday over Anderson Silva at the newly renamed Desert Diamond Arena. Nice venue. Not really sure what they use it for. 
Frank, Arizona is very nice, by the way. I I'm asked a lot of people. It. Yeah, I asked a lot of people about you, and uh, I let them know that hey. Well, I appreciate you doing that. I know this guy. He's a big part of the team. Are you familiar with him? I got a lot of yeses. I got a lot of where's Frank. I got a lot of how's he been to work with, all that kind of stuff. Oh, man. What did you do with uh, Claire for her birthday? Well, we were staying in Litchfield Park. Oh, nice. Are you familiar with Litchfield Park? Yeah, it's a little out there. It's a little out there. It's very residential. Uh, We were staying at a, a hotel called the Wigwam. Never heard of it. But Never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, I've been there and I've heard of it. Anyway, uh, it, it was really nice. Uh, nice little pool there. Nice restaurant. It was great. But there wasn't really anything to do outside of it. Right. So we kind of just stayed local. Of course, uh, the thing that I was really worried about was balancing, you know, the work life and the family life. I've never sure. done this before when I was... Um, you know, when I when I, when I was on the road, you know, you when I, you're on the road, you're 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 locked in, right? You're in your room. You don't really go sightseeing. You're not swimming. I went swimming uh, with Claire on her birthday. She really wanted me to. I'm not a big swimmer. I hardly ever go swimming, but she really wanted me. So I was like, listen, I'm doing this for you and only you. Um, <laughs> and I would never do this on a, on a work trip. But you know, you got to do it for the kids. Uh, but it ended up being great. They were okay. Uh, they would always ask me, like, when are you coming back, this and that. And then they came to the weigh-ins. Nice. Uh, and we've never done that before, obviously. They've never been to a weigh-in, even if it was, like, a local, you know, event in New York or something like that. And that was really cool because they met the great George St. Pierre. He took a picture with them. Everyone was so nice. All the Showtime people came up and said hello to them, asked who the birthday girl was. Uh, they saw the Jake Paul robots. They were very excited about that. There was some, you know, some foul language, um, you know, I mean, interviews. if they watch this show, they're going to be exposed to that. Yeah. Well, there was a lot. The, the music was uh, definitely explicit. Yeah, I, no- I noticed that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they saw, you know, they saw me up there doing the interviews. They enjoyed that very much. It was fun to look at them in the crowd, looking at me. Something. I mean, I've never even brought them to this show or any of my shows. When I was at ESPN, I never did any of that. So it was nice. I've, I've always tried to keep that separate. So it was nice to experience that with them. Um, if you're a parent out there who has trouble putting your kids to bed, uh, may I suggest a trip to the West Coast of the United States because they fall asleep real fast when you're on the West Coast. I mean, they fall asleep at like 5.30. They're so tired. On the flip side of that, they also wake up really early. So uh, she was waking up at like 3.30. Oh, man. Because she wakes up at 6.30, yeah. uh, Does she get any taller, by the way? Do you guys do that? Taller? Yeah, you don't like mark the height. Oh, no, we didn't do that. Does she seem taller? Uh, she seems, you know, she seems pretty tall for her age, six years old or young, I should say. Five uh, four, you said. Yeah, five four, five four and a half. There you go. We uh, we went to the Wands on our birthday, and then uh, I don't know if you ever been to that arena. Have you been to the uh, several times? Yeah. yeah, and there's like this complex. Yeah, outside the complex, of, and then he rode the, uh, the Westgate horse through it. Yeah, Westgate. Is it called the Westgate? There's a B Dubs over there. Used there's to a, go before the hockey games. Um, what's a B Dubs? Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, uh, I thought you meant. DBs, Dave and Buster's. I didn't see the uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings, but yeah. there's a bunch of restaurants. Honestly, I don't really know what they they have the football stadium there, State Farm, and uh, I scoped it out because I'll be there in February when the Bills are playing in the right, Super Bowl. Right. So it was nice to see it in advance. I don't really know what they do at this arena now that I guess they do concerts and stuff like that. But it's yeah, weird. I've seen Tool there, saw hockey back when it was there. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. I helped set up audio for Post Malone there. Really? Yeah. 
Well, Pretty cool. Yeah. Last time I was at that venue was uh, WEC 53 in 2010, the oh, final man. WC event. Of course, I know you were watching when Anthony Pettis hit that Showtime kick against Can't Benson Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the Coyotes are playing at ASU in a 5,000 seat arena. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy for a. I mean, a major league team to be playing in a 5,000, that is embarrassing. They moved them out of Winnipeg for that? Shameful. Yeah. So when you would, you saw the Cardinal Stadium, yes. but like, did you see it, like how it looks in the distance? It's just like this giant mega structure. Yeah, it is weird. It. It's like it a really, silver thingy. It reminds me of like Contact, which is like creepy. It's like, what is that thing? It's like a big pillow. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty close. It's right, it's right next to the arena, right? Yeah. Uh, when I... Uh, when the uh, the broadcast ended, and you know you you take off your headset, you're like, oh, all right, that was a, that was fun. I'm done. As I'm leaving, there's all these people around the uh, the ring. I saw the great Mike Goldberg there, former uh, UFC play by play man, said hello to him. That was lovely. Kind of weird that I'm the one getting off from the broadcast and he's just standing there. Usually that's him. Anyway, as I walk out, there's still a bunch of fans there, and it was a very young crowd. Uh, as I'm like leaving the gated area around the ring and making a right to go into the back, there was probably a good 30 or so youngish guys there. And all of them were just chanting P.F. Chanks, P.F. Chanks. Oh, <laughs> and you didn't get any live video? <clears throat> no, I was oh, just man. like, are you kidding me? Holy crap. How did this happen? Um, but yes, I thought you guys would enjoy that. They were all very, uh, they were all very supportive, all very nice. Um, oh, GC found the line here for uh, Sterling O'Malley. What is it? Looks like Aljamain minus 275, O'Malley plus 200. Okay. Big underdog. Yeah. I wonder what O'Malley, when they come out with the futures, I wonder what O'Malley to uh, to be the Bantamweight champion by the end of 2023 is going to be. I mean, that's going to be a thing, right? That oh, for sure, yeah. Gonna, yeah. I might lay some cheddar on that, depending on the line. Wow. I mean, should have told him that. To, it'd be fun to cheer for. Like, that's that's the biggest thing with these futures. They they got to be fun. Also, I mean, he would be one fight away, essentially. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's the key with these futures, is that they get a shot. That's that's all you want, is they just get a shot. Wow. I, yeah, I wonder. They don't have one. When do they I, do those? Do they only do them at the end of the year? DraftKings came up with them for, like, a few weeks, but now they're back down, I guess, because of things that have happened. You know, Islam winning. Right. O'Malley winning, shaking up the scenes. They'll get them back up in December. As of right this moment, how many do you have of those? Like, how many have hit? Islam, which is the biggest by yeah. far. And Yuri is currently hitting. Oh, oh he's gosh. Gonna to, he's going to have to <laughs> defend. If he defends, then we profited on the futures, which is huge. Wait a second. Islam two. was the biggest? Oh yeah, yeah. I put like one point seven. Oh, in term, not the biggest line. Just no, no, no. The biggest investment. Yeah, biggest investment. Wow, and that one. I mean, unless something crazy happens. Yeah, something crazy happens. I was really hoping they were going to push the old Yuri fight. You know, Brazil, January. That's why you tweeted that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. I thought you were tweeting it because you were like, "Why isn't this fight happening in Brazil?" Because Glover's involved. You were just talking about your own pick. Yeah, my own pick. I could, I could give a shit about that. You know? <laughs> That's the stuff that gets me all riled up. Yeah. I was like, why does GC care about this so much? Ah, yes. <laughs> Yuri, champion by the end of 2023. Yeah, I mean, there was two bet slips on it, but whatever. Two bet slips? Yeah. Why two? I got them at different lines. 
Oh, okay. You're supposed to set one, and then they made it even bigger, so I took it again. Give me a little sprinkle on uh, Arnold Allen, champ, by the end of 2023. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Maybe Arnold Allen, Jolton Almeida, you know. Jolton Almeida seems like a bit of a stretch, only because I feel like he's, I don't know, there's no momentum behind him. Yeah. Well, he beats Maxime Grishin. You you, you start the talks <laughs> up. <laughs> Triple A. I don't know what they're going to do with Triple A. I really tough, don't. Tough could, scene uh, trying to decide what's next in the featherweight division beyond Alexander Volkanovsky. Let's say Volkanovsky fights in February in Perth against Islam. Now you've got the three guys, all of whom are coming off somewhat controversial wins. Only... Or inconclusive, I should say, right? Because Yair had the uh, the wacky one with Ortega, which you were at. Um, Cater loses to Emmett controversially. By the way, I, I spoke a little bit to Cater yesterday. Obviously down in the dumps. Uh, hopefully he's able to come back. A horrible scene. You hate to see any fight end that way. So Emmett's kind of sitting on this uh, polarizing win, controversial win, if you want to call it that. And then... Arnold now, who has the longest winning streak of the bunch, how could you, if they were talking about Yair versus Emmett, how could you exclude Arnold now from that conversation? I don't think you can. So what do you do? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's tricky. Like, do you do you add Holloway into the mix and then just have Yair, Emmett, and Arnold Allen versus Max Holloway? Like, you, you're in a sticky situation having three of them because you can't just do the number one contender fight. I, I really don't get. I really don't know what they're going to do. One guy's going to be really pissed off. I and think. B- and by the way, I don't. I don't. I don't want to see an interim belt. I don't. I don't, think- wanna, I don't want to see an interim belt. And I think all three have a rightful claim to try and get the title shot. But because you have three, <laughs> it just makes it so difficult to decide what to do. I really have no idea what they're going to do, and I don't know who that fourth guy is. Unless, as you said, like Hollow. If Holloway jumps in there. Holloway has the win over Yair, so you don't want to run that back. I guess you could do Holloway versus... Um, Holloway, Arnold Allen in, in London on oh the... <laughs> I mean, that's what I want. And I think Arnold, I think Arnold Allen would be open to that. I mean, in his post-fight interview, he said that he needs to do one more before the title. Yeah, and he has to fight on the UK card, wherever it is. Wales, uh, Wembley, wherever it is. If they're doing the Leon Edwards, like he has to be up there on the main card... Oh, wow. absolutely. And Volk tweeted before the fight, like they, they showed it on the broadcast as the fight was starting. It was like, I someone make a statement here, which unfortunately, you know, know, we didn't get a statement made. But, you know, I mean, if Arnold Allen goes out there and and like has a decisive victory over Max Holloway, I think it's inarguable. That'd be 11 oh straight God. victories in the UFC. Uh, a win over Max Holloway, I think you would have to give him the shot. And then I what mean, do you do with the other guys? You do uh, uh, yeah, Yair versus Emmett? Yeah, you're Emmett, yeah. I think something that is going good for Arnold Allen is he's like, give me another fight. Whereas it felt like after the Ayer win, despite how it went, he was like, it's time to give me a title shot. Yeah. I wonder. We agree, though, no, no, no interim, right? I don't, yeah, I don't want to see an, an what interim. What were you going to say there? Sorry. I was going to say both featherweight and bantamweight are just like... Dicey right now. I can't, I just don't know what they're going to do. I can't wait to find out what they do do. Yeah, both are a little dicey right now. Um, But Volkanovsky, once again, like this, you know, if Arnold would have went out there and again, no fault of his own, it's a shitty situation, but if he would have knocked him out in the first round or second round, had some sort of decisive win, I would have felt worse about Volk fighting Islam, right? 
now that it's a little up in the air, even Arnold himself saying, you know, give me one more, makes me feel even better about that situation. And really, the only guy who has a gripe now from both weight classes is Benil. But <laughs> as we said last yeah. week, he kind of... 10 more. He's got 10, 10, more. 10 more in him. 10 more. Wow, could you imagine that? He's going to be on a 17-fight winning streak. <laughs> It'll be the greatest winning streak in the history of MMA with no title shots involved. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting time. What do you think they do at 135? I, I love the idea of, of O'Malley Aljo in July, maybe an international fight week uh, fight, either co-main or main event. But Cejudo coming back is, I mean, if you don't think that's intriguing, in my opinion, you know, I think that's crazy. I, I think Cejudo coming back to fight Aljo is, I want it to be one of those two. That's that's what I'd really like to say. You can only pick one. Give me Aljo versus O'Malley in, in July. Wow. International Fight Week? International Fight Week, yeah. Your first one. Yep, I will be there. I will be there. I'm telling everybody I know that I will be in Vegas in July. Wow, Aljo versus O'Malley would be some kind of scene. Oh, my God. I mean, I think the buildup, I think they, they're both, you know, somewhat of showmen in the sport. I think the buildup would just be so fantastic, too. Aljo versus O'Malley, maybe three title fights, maybe two, main event, John Jones, Francis Ngannou. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you are talking now. Yeah. What is the equivalent? Like, is there is there some sort of equivalent? Maybe New York Rick knows he's very clued into this stuff. Like, John Jones at heavyweight. We're approaching three years since his last fight. <laughs> at, at what point do we give up on this dream? I don't know. Never. Never? When the MMA GOAT says that he's coming back, you never give up on it. What's mm. wrong with you? When the so he's going to be ready for 282. What like what, what why why give up on it? We've waited this long. Also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it that uh isn't it that you've been saying that there are, he's ready or saying he's ready? Yeah, but I mean So so how's that give it why would we give up on it if he's ready? I mean, uh, I don't know. Well, first of all, Francis has to resign. Well, you didn't say, are we giving up on Francis versus John Jones? You said, are we giving up on John Jones coming to heavyweight? I say, it, if John Jones is ready and he could have fought in December, hell no. Well, Keep he wants a certain amount alive, of money, maybe. right? He wants a certain amount of money. So if there's no Francis involved, does he get that money? The next best thing is Stipe. I don't think they want to pay Stipe. I I just don't know. I just don't know. Listen, I'm I'm still I, I I'm not saying it's dead, and I'm not saying I'm losing faith. I just want to know at what point do we start losing never. faith? Okay, the answer is never. All right, the goat is event is is supposedly eventually going to come back. I'll hold out hope forever. He's your goat. Oh come on, John Jones, your goat. I've, lo- I, I've never wavered on this. There is no world where John Jones is not the greatest of all time. Wow, I can't hear other arguments. Honestly, GSP, no. Not even because he lost twice. I mean, yeah, like the 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 resume is not even close. Two two way, two weight class division, two two weight class that, champion. Don't do that. What? <laughs> yeah, two weight class champion in a one one off cherry picked fight. Like, come on. What do you mean cherry picked fight? He was the champ. <laughs> don't listen. He won a second title. It, this is it, crazy. It, it's added to the resume, but don't <laughs> don't pretend like GSP is you know going up there and and defending belts. At I was just weight. with him. I wish I knew this stance. I would have told him. It, uh, I, I wish you I, had told him. I won't hear an argument that John Jones is not the goat. I really won't. I won't. I won't consider them. 
I haven't been around the sport long enough. I don't have a goat yet. Yeah, I feel like is your we 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 are forgetting, but that run at light heavyweight from when he won the title and all those defenses is the best run in in MMA history. Conor McGregor maybe is is up there in that conversation, but John Jones dispatching every legendary light heavyweight one after the other. Come on, man. And then not having lost Matt Hamill. What about the cloud? Side They all, they all huh? kind of have something. What do you mean like, they all gonna have something? Anderson, Anderson Silva would be my other potential contender. Anderson right? over GSP? Oh yeah. What? Okay, now that's crazy. With all due respect to Anderson, yeah, I mean, it was just whether we had a moment. Over GSP. You're kidding me. I'm not. How? Two division the, champ. I th- I think the the run of finishes, the streak, that all is more impressive to me than GSP's resume. Wow. Now I have to play. See, I don't know these but, numbers off the top of my I, head. I'm willing to entertain the argument, and I think Daniel Cormier is the one who makes this oh. the most um, pointedly. If you are going to say you must take out John Jones and Anderson Silva yeah. because of the fact that they they have um, positive tests, I'm okay with that. I will have that discussion with you. I will I will grant you that and say that's your call. You you can have your you know, set up based on that however you want. To me, it's not a disqualifier, and to me, John Jones is still the GOAT. I I like having two lists. Yeah, the cl- the, the clean, right? The, and then the, the everyone's included list. It's, it's not even necessarily the it, clean. It's just like the ones who didn't get caught. Well, that's the thing. I'm from the <laughs> Nate Diaz school of everyone. they're all cheaters. Wow. So, like, I'm, I find it hard to to penalize when I when I mostly believe that that there's a lot of uncaught cheating having happened especially previously so yeah i don't disqualify john jones or anderson silva and i have them as my top two on the goat list everyone's on steroids everyone's on the payroll <laughs> yeah there there you go from the nadia school but yeah i mean look it, if you take those two off then gsp habib wait wait okay got- wait so if you take those two off where does gsp land He's pro. Oh man, GSP versus Habib is a debate for me. I probably have GSP above. I probably have GSP. Come on, how could you even say that's debate? With all due respect, I think the undefeated thing matters. It matters, I, but I, I mean, how, how about title defenses? I also think if I was to say who I think is a better fighter in their prime, I think that's a conversation, and that it helps Habib's case. Like I think Habib. I think Habib has potential to dominate opponents in a way that GSP just quite frankly didn't. Like GSP, mm, his fights were pretty one-sided. It just yeah. wasn't the same kind of dominance. The finishing I think matters and it's why I consider Anderson I, I rank Anderson higher than GSP. I think that matters. I think the way you dispatch of opponents matters. Um but yeah, that's closer. That that one's tougher for me. Um it's not tough when it comes to who I think the what about is, DJ? I think it's John Jones going away. Um, where does DJ rank? DJ ranks pretty high. DJ ranks pretty high. The same the, the same thing um, when it comes to John Jones. That streak of dominance for me and Anderson Silva. That streak of dominance for me um, is significant and matters. Uh, I'd have him below G. Uh, would I have him below Habib? Man, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't really think highly of this conversation. Like I, I don't. I don't think much of this conversation because I think it's either been done to death or 
different, you know, people have different perspectives on it and are not coming from the same arguments. Um, so I don't often do this mental exercise. Where would I have DJ? Yeah, DJ be up there. I was thinking about this actually on Saturday because, and by the way, should we put you guys up here? I don't know. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're awaiting the arrival of one Problem Jake Paul. Joe. I just feel like I'm talking to myself here. How about um, the, uh, hey how about the addition of the better bot? Yeah. That was pretty sick. <laughs> Two robots? Yeah. Adding the, you know, the one for his company better. That was pretty, you know, nice touch. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Did you try it? <laughs> nah, I haven't downloaded it yet. They said it was number three. Yeah, I saw that. Maybe I'll download it right now. What is the difference? Yeah, tell us how it is. But it's what like is the difference between... Betting? Yeah, what does that mean? I don't know, because that means it has to be like legal everywhere, I think. <laughs> I but what is micro-betting? I, I think you're betting on like plays. And can't you do that with, uh, you know, like live betting and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I need to... Okay. need to dive deeper here. Um, I was thinking about this on Saturday when I was talking about the Mount Rushmore at the top, because I said that... Tyron Woodley was on the Mount Rushmore of uh, welterweight champions. Yes. While Anderson Silva is on the Mount Rushmore of MMA. For sure. I mean, th these are very safe to say. Like, right. Nobody, if anybody's debating these, then. But then I was to... thinking, who is? Like, I feel comfortable saying that. Yeah. And so I've, I'm talking about the list that includes everyone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. John Jones, GSP. Oh, you're doing a Mount Rushmore of the top of MMA ever. Ever, and not just their weight class. Yeah. Okay. John GSP, Jones. John Jones. GSP Anderson. Who's number four? That's a tough one. I feel like the top three, very DJ, easy. So it's Fedor, DJ, Fedor, Habib. Habib. Yeah, these are the names. Number four is tough, though. I think this comes down to, like, what is your criteria, right? Like, I, I, finishing fights matters to me, right? And, and dominating opponents matters to me. I rank. I would probably rank Habib higher than some who would give GSP a higher ranking because that matters to me. I think Habib taking people's souls matters more than a GSP jab fest versus Jake Shields, right? Oh, so, so by the way, that that matters. That's inaccurate. What you just said. I mean, just going right what? at What's that? Jake God. Shields doesn't take jabs. <laughs> wow, <laughs> he's anti jabs. Oh. Oh, man. Oh, it feels like you know you're what? playing that pretty that, that too perfect. That disarms me. I don't know where to go that from here. Uh, that got me. He, it's just I'm just but going yeah, with what you said. The quality of 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 thing the quality of the wins, I think I would I would fold into it more than others. Because if you if you step backwards and just look at GSP's resume and you eliminate some of the, the context of the fights, it's hard. It's hard to argue. I think I would go with DJ. As the number one? No, no, the, no. As number four. Slot. As number yeah. four. The dude the dude has he's done he's done some things that look better now in hindsight, I think. He's his his resume is aging better. His his resume is aging better, I think, and people will appreciate him more um when he's uh when he's gone. I have no doubt that Habib could be that guy, or if you want to put him as that guy, that's fine with me. I just think that it got cut short. Hundred percent. It's okay to say that he didn't. Well, do... it's not okay to some. Like th this is going to piss people off, and people are going to say I'm biased and blah 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 blah. But I mean, yeah, title defenses are title defenses. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you've set the MMA, uh, you know, fucking no. private chat on fire. Just <laughs> oh by, Jesus! You know, getting into this. Uh... Why? What are they saying? <laughs> I don't know. There's too many messages. There's too many messages. Yeah. I mean, see this thing. Does anyone disagree this, with the top three? Like... Hmm. There can't be a disagreement on that front, right? 
Who's disagreeing well, with that? Are, there are some. Who's I imagine. say is the top three: Silva, GSP, Silva, GSP, and and, uh, John, Jones. Uh, and John, Jones. John Jones. I think there are some who would probably discount Jones and Silva, right? No, no, that no. Could be an argument too. No, no, no. I'm saying everything's on the table. Yeah. By the way, we forgot about DC. DC should be in that conversation. DC's up there, but he's not in the. He's not in this tier. No, you're, you're hobnobbing with all these guys, you know. What? You know, Although DC what is your best friend. You have the shoulders with Silva on the weekend. <laughs> you, you and GSP are buddies on the wow. broadcast. You, you mentioned became the two my titles. Twitter mentions. You mentioned the two titles. He actually defended, right? Yeah. Unlike GSP, that matters. Uh, dare I say, unlike anyone other than Amanda Nunes. Yeah, I was going to say a Nunes. Well, is yeah, also. what is Amanda Nunes? But yeah, that, that matters. I don't that do that. Up. By the way, is that wrong of me? To what? not put Nunes in the goat yeah. thing. I think you have to sep. I will say this. I think you have to separate ma- male and female. I hate when they do the uh, the pound for pound and they mix them together. Should be yeah, two separate lists. That the pool is not the same. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, that's no slight on her. She's yeah, just also playing if somebody with the comes to the table with. and is like, I think Amanda Nunes absolutely belongs in in this conversation. I'm not going to be like, no, like sure, I could I could hear that. I I would personally separate them, but yeah, of course. Although. This gets into something I said months ago where I, th- I think Cyborg is actually oh, that's crazy. the female goat. That's actually insane because they fought each other. I don't yeah. know if you saw that fight. Yeah, that it didn't last very long. That's not how that works. That's not how This that is works. sort of like... Uh, not how that this works. is like ranking Kamar Usman over Leon Edwards. It's 100%. I would 100% rank Kamar Usman over Leon right Edwards. Right now? Yeah. Who's, not who's all the time. A... Yeah, right now. Yeah. They fought. Yeah, so? We know how that fight goes. Yeah, we know how that fight Wait goes. Wait a second. I know. I see exactly what you're saying, Ariel, but I actually what are you talking? agree with you. Yeah, we know how that fight goes. <laughs> Look at that. Kamar Usman dominates until he gets caught. That pennant behind you is for a college football team. When one beats the other. Yeah, right. Champion. Yeah, champion. If it's five versus three, the next week, do they put, you know, five at four and keep three at three? or well, No, that's not how it works. Yeah. Or if it's no, one versus true. two. Yeah, the pound for pound rankings list is not. Also, also, can I ask you a question? This is something that drives me nuts. If you go to the UFC rankings right now, yeah, what what, what are the welterweight rankings? Who's who's on top? Well, well, they Leon because he's yeah, the champ. Yeah. Like, don't they have? Yeah, it but like... that, I hate that. By the way, one should be one. Yeah. Okay, but still, okay. Would you not say Leon would be one? Right, he's the champion. No, I mean, it has to be. He's the champion. <laughs> well, are you? At, is this is this ranking who's the best welterweights in the world? Because if it is, then Kamar Usman is number one. Even though he lost. Well, he is yeah. number one. But that's because Leon is no, no, the no. champion. Even though he lost. If we yeah. weren't doing the thing where the champion had his own slot, yeah. who, who is Leon the be- would be one, Usman would be two. Be so yeah, how could you go to one. the pound for pound yeah. and it's yeah. not one and two? Yeah. Or are you five asking and me who's six? the best welterweight in the world? Or are you asking me... Who is the best welterweight in the world right now? Kamara Usman. That is crazy. Uh, you know what? I thought you were going to say Hamza. I might say Hamza Shumayev. Okay, if you would have said Hamza, I, I would have said, fine, Hamza although he's Shumayev. more of a 179-pounder. I, <laughs> I might say Hamza Shemaev, but if you're asking me who's proven to be the best welterweight in the world, it is Kamar Usman. Mm, I don't know how you could say that. We- you can say that Kamar Usman got beat by Leon Edwards, but I, I, can't, I personally can't say Leon Edwards is the best welterweight in the world. I haven't seen that. I've seen Kamar Usman be the best welterweight in the world. August 20th? What were you doing? Were you on vacation? I saw that fight. I saw, I I saw, saw a pretty something. one-sided fight until, wow. until the head kick landed. Oh, so you're part of the uh, lucky uh, lucky strike, mm, Twitterati. Nothing lucky about it. Nothing wow. lucky about it. I'm not taking away his win. Oh, here, how about this? Is Leon Edwards going to win a rematch with Kamaru Usman? 
Is Leon Edwards going to win a rematch with Kamar Usman? I mean, that remains to be I'm seen. I'm not talking but, betting but, but, lines wait, because the betting lines are obviously Weren't you the one who said favor. last week that pound for pound you don't like because it's all fictitious? That's a fictitious question right there. What? Yeah, I don't know if he's going to win the rematch. I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to... Or a hypothetical. I'm not going to do my rankings today based on what I think might happen in four months. No, you asked me who's the mm. best welterweight in the world. The best welterweight in the world is Kamar Usman. So you're or in the camp of, of not ranking the champ as number one. See, I don't... This ranking thing is... <laughs> di- people have different things No, but like, gonna... let, let's say... Uh, what's a division other than welterweight where there's a clear-cut guy coming up, but he's not the champ just yet? How about this? There's a lot of people who thought Peter Jan was the best bantamweight yeah. in the world over Aljamain Sterling, even though he was the champion. Islam Makhachev. Yeah. Prior to his fight with Charles so, Oliveira. Yeah. So you would have put Islam people. as... as, as the top if, guy? If you're asking me yeah. who I think is the best lightweight in the world, I would have told you either Dustin Poirier for, for a while or Islam Makhachev. Dustin over at Charles? Before they fought? Yeah. Oh, probably no, they fought like two years had, ago now. Yeah, yeah no, that's what I'm saying. For a while, months. I would have said Dustin, right? Has it been 12 months since they fought? Not even. Well, it was, it was December. December. Yeah, yeah, it feels like two years ago. Um. But Islam is the best lightweight in the world, and and what it are you saying that until that date, Islam Makachev wasn't the best lightweight in the world, and just because of what happened on that date, now all of a su- like it's magic. Like as soon as that bell rings, that the fight is over, now all of a sudden he magically became. It doesn't work like that. Who's the best in the world? He was the best in the world six months ago, and he's the best in the world today. Now, if you could, if you make the argument to me that you think Charles Oliveira beats Islam in a rematch. Then I'll listen to you if you're saying that you, you have Charles higher. Sure, I, I could I could understand that. I believe that, but I don't think Leon Edwards is the best welterweight in the world. Wow, this is so disappointing. I think he Word. beat the best belt, welterweight in the world, and I think you deserve a hell of a lot of credit for that. Yeah. I think he's the UFC champion. I think his knockout is one of the longest that the knockouts that we're going to remember forever. But he's not. The best welterweight. What a opinion. trip this conversation has has taken. Why? And I think I Hamza. Mean, I think Hamza's who's gonna. Ne- who's next at featherweight? Gonna yeah, who's to who's the goat now? Is is Leon yeah. better than Usman? Fe- no, actually, we went from uh, bantamweight to featherweight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To uh, who? Uh, actually, I did see in the private chat. Uh, Jed Mashu throwing out a decent idea. Winner of Bryce Mitchell, Ilya Taporia becomes the fourth man, and then we do a little, you know, featherweight tournament. Hmm. Yeah, I don't hate that. But then I feel like Max could have a say. I mean, that's a big-time fight. Man, I miss Max. Yeah. I miss Max. Seems like he's happy right now. Yeah. Sure. I mean, uh, Halloween look, costume looks yeah. great. If he doesn't want to come back for any time soon, great. Like, do do your thing, Max. But, do, boy, do I miss that guy fighting. Uh, by the way, did uh, Cheeto Vera post his Halloween picture yet? I haven't seen anything. Let's see. Are you guys big Halloween goers? Big time. You see you, one of my favorite days of the year. Yeah. I am not. You're as not? you can see, my co- my costume is somebody who didn't bet on Anderson Silva and was thinking Jake Paul would win the fight. Yeah, that's my. Costume. You were very confident. <laughs> yeah, listen, I I will admit I didn't um, consider Anderson Silva doing Anderson Silva things, which is silly in hindsight. Um, Those uppercuts, though, they were nice. Yeah, I thought Good Anderson point, Silva was going to be. After he had good rounds, he had bad rounds where he just looked inactive and it, and it, it, it wasn't good. Um, I should have anticipated those and didn't. I expected a lot more of the good, and that happens in betting 
uh, sometimes where you're just thinking about the positives. You're just thinking about what they're going to do and not what they're not going to do. Um, and quite frankly, Jake Paul looked better than I expected him to look. Do you like, remember how you scored it as it was going on? I had Silva winning rounds that they didn't give to him ultimately. I think there were some early rounds that, like, the scorecards were wider than I thought. I thought Silva was doing better work in some of those early rounds that they ultimately weren't scoring for him anyway. So the not, I thought the knockdown was going to be more consequential, but it ended up not being because they had banked early rounds for Jake. Right. Um, but you can't be mad. Like, Jake Paul won that fight. There's no doubt Jake Paul won that fight. I was looking at the scorecards. There's a screen. Yeah. And uh, with updated stats and whatnot, right? Steve Farhood is is scoring it, the unofficial scorer. And I was all I also had my phone on the desk, and I saw you guys talking about right. it. Right. <laughs> and uh, your scorecard, New York Rick, wasn't meshing with his. So I was yeah, at one sure. point going to say, well, actually, you know, when they were like, let's go to Steve Farhood for his, un-, I was going to say, well, New York Rick, <laughs> on my text. <laughs> uh, because and, we and, were even like, where are they getting these numbers for these scorecards that you guys are referring to? Oh, or the the stats too. I was uh, I was really hoping they would show the stats at some point, but they, they did never they did. not? No, I never saw the stats once. Oh wow, I was looking at them. Really? I mean, some mistake. We, we were all watching. It. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I did try to drop a couple of subtle, you know, nods to you guys. Did you guys hear open yeah, scoring? Uh, yeah, I picked up the open we, scoring. Yeah. I actually was, I was craving trying to play open the hits. scoring at that moment. Yeah. I wanted to know who was winning. <laughs> Joe even texted me right as you did it, and. Um, here and roll in his eyes wow really jeez thanks Through a lot uh i dropped a mention there open scoring yeah. a golly um didn't drop a you almost forgot felt like i played that hand well, on, on friday that, yeah. yeah you did that on did friday that. Uh, i could have uh, the, the zero to 100 yeah yeah and then moro uh, hit me back yeah, with the drake say, line yeah. followed up with another drake line yeah you and moro is a good combo for that yeah uh he did stiff army on my uh, wrestling uh <laughs> he, <laughs> did. he said what did he say he who said or who what? yes he said who <laughs> and kind of gave me a look as well i get the joke though yeah i feel like he's doing yeah, like you know sarcasm like he's doing a little bit he has of, like, a bit of history with them too so i wasn't yeah, yeah, sure yeah. but you didn't say anything afterwards i mean logan was like front and center there you could see yeah. him right the whole time so i was like hey you know there's the, the new kardashians the new kardashians yeah. yeah um see when they say things like that it's like now you're just asking for trouble right <laughs> uh, i don't I, think they care yeah hmm. um this is all good this is all good for the business of jake paul i mean no it's 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 these people who it, it, i don't understand why people don't get this i really don't the 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 Jake Paul thing, the Sugar Sean O'Malley thing, this is all good for them. This is all good for them. The people continuing to doubt them is the best thing that can happen for them. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, does it translate into pay-per-view buys is the well, question. Well, that, that's a different right. question for me. Because as I said, you asked me, does Jake Paul versus... Floyd Mayweather, I think. I forget what we were talking about earlier, but you asked no, me. No, it was uh, Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz or, or Nate Diaz versus yeah. uh, Floyd Mayweather. Nate Diaz and Floyd Mayweather are proven pay-per-view draws. That's that's a different conversation for me. Jake Paul is not. Jake, Jake Paul, we'll see how this pay-per-view did, but Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, too, just wasn't in the stratosphere of what that Floyd one Mayweather. I feel like is a weird anomaly because it was this rematch that no one asked for. Yeah, but we're talking about people who every time out sell pay per views, right? Yeah. That's the that's the the caliber, that's the status of fighter that we're talking about now. When you talk about Floyd Mayweather, that's an event every single time. That's a pay per view draw at this point in his career every single time. I don't think Jake Paul is there quite yet. Um, with the right opponent, 
he can be huge. Uh, I, there's no doubt in my mind. But he's not there. He's not in that. He's not in that stratosphere yet. I mean, I wonder what the best boxing match, best boxing pay per view of 2022 is like in terms of pay per view buys. Can't even think of one. Uh, right now. Probably not. Tyson Fury, Dillian White on ESPN oh, Plus. Upcoming? No, no, no. Uh, right now. Yeah. No, well, he's saying a fight that hasn't happened. Yet. No, I'm saying right now. Like as of right this moment, what's oh, the what's biggest the, already? Didn't Tyson, yeah. Didn't Tyson Fury? Yeah, he did. Anymore? Yeah, Chisora, he's yeah. fighting. Oh yeah, well, yeah, and he had yeah. the crazy walkout. <laughs> no, it was great, out. but it was also an afternoon yeah. pay per view on yeah. ESPN Plus. Jesus, that fight happened this year. Yeah, that was April. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was right before yeah, he the. Knocked uh, him out clean. Oh my god, mm. what was the biggest fight of? I mean, do you think uh, Bivol Canelo sold well? Mm. Canelo Triple G three. Mm. We're not including USC pay per views. No, talking boxing. Yeah, we're talking yeah, strictly boxing. I mean, I think there's a very oh good chance Lord. this is the highest selling boxing pay per view of the year. I don't know what the numbers are. I have no idea. But what's a Jose Young's has to help me here? Was now there haven't been Toronto Toronto Taylor. Uh, that was in pay per view. Uh, it was okay. just his own. So that's the thing, right? There's very few. I mean, Crawford Spence would have been big if they would have gotten done this yeah. year. Uh, Fury. What did White? Oh, and, maybe Fury. and Fury do. Maybe Joshua Usyk too. Mm, probably not. That was an afternoon card. Yeah, I've got no idea. I'm out of my depths here. I I don't know. Um, but Floyd May. Are, I think it's safe to say that Floyd May- Mayweather is in a different tier than this. No, he's in a different category than this. Based on what? His Ryzen fight? No, no. I'm not talking about for <laughs> this year. He that wasn't on pay per view. I'm talking about or what? I mean, that. Technically well, Floyd is fighting on. Pay- isn't he fighting on pay per view next week? Yeah, who's so, who's buying that? Well, on a Sunday, he's not. I, th- here, I'll tell you this. I think it does more. Deji, yeah, Floyd Mayweather, Deji. You Stop think it. it. Does more I than Jake Paul. No chance. I think it does more yeah, on a Sunday I, I afternoon. I so. You're crazy. I think it does more. Yeah. What are you talking? About? <laughs> I think it does more. No way. I disagree. Also, yeah. First of all, just well, the also, fact don't that don't it's forget on a that Tommy Fury and his his. Legion yes, of Love that's a good Island point. fans that's a good are on point. that card. By the way, Don't forget just that. the fact that it's on a Sunday afternoon versus a Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, you're going up against NFL, this and that. There's no chance. I mean, we'll see. Also, what has Dr. Mike, huge draw. Yeah. Big draw. Big see, time all, draw. This is where, this is where well, all this nonsense around Tommy Fury all falls apart. Because you, you talk about these guys that like have these followings. It doesn't translate to, to pay-per-view success. Yeah, but I feel like now we're saying two separate things. Because no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going. Yeah, to, okay. I'm just <laughs> driving home the Tommy Fury isn't a no, draw the, point. Listen, you could say Floyd is. is I, I really actually think that he has hurt his his market his stock. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, you know, Floyd is still a bigger pay per view like draw yeah, than Jake Paul. Fight anyone, no though. way. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather versus anyone as a as a grouping versus Jake Paul versus anyone you think the Floyd fight does more if, if the anyone is the same you're saying yeah 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 then yeah Floyd versus Anderson does more than Floyd versus excuse me uh, Anderson versus Jake if it's a real fight yeah what do you mean real fight I'm saying the same fight like not an exhibition yeah yeah a, eight yeah. rounds whatever it is Mayweather yeah. Deji is an exhibition correct yeah and you think that does more than well no because that's the thing Floyd Mayweather is doing these like exhibition fights yeah Nah, a real no, fight. By the way, no one gives a shit. You think the people that are buying these pay-per-views know what's the difference between an exhibition or not? Yeah, I well, think they do. It's just to keep them from just in case like a, f- a fluke yeah, thing happens. I, I do think they do. No, it's because he doesn't want to, you know, 
He doesn't want to put because his 15-0 also, at, at risk. Exactly. That's what it's, I'm saying. Yeah. For Showtime or, or happens, he doesn't want the one. a broadcaster or somebody like that, it's going to take... A, like it's going to take Logan Paul to to say we'll put this exhibition at the top of the card, right? For for a Floyd Mayweather, they're not going to be like, yeah, we're dying to have an exhibition between Floyd and Deji on the top of our card. So it changes the stakes of of it. So yeah, I do think there's, I think a pro fight matters, and especially if it was Floyd Mayweather, because now we're talking about fifty. You know, we're talking about potentially handing that a loss on that record. I think that matters a lot. Yeah, actually, no. Anyone cares? What do you mean? Like nobody would care if Floyd Mayweather was actually risking his no. record against Deji. Like, do you think they care if it's an exhibition or a pro fight? I do. I no, do no one cares. No one cares because, by the way, if Deji, would, especially yeah, especially if it was somebody who could beat him. No, if Deji would, if Deji would have, like, if he shocks the world, I can't even believe I'm saying not these words. But sure, <laughs> like not happening. If he beats him. In this, if he knocks him out, right? Because you can't you can't win via judges, right? In an yeah. exhibition. See, this is why it matters. This no, but if he knocked him out, people would still hang that over him. Of course, but if he knocked him out and it was the one on his record, if it was the loss on his record, you don't think that increases the stakes? You don't think that matters to people? I'm being told right now. Um, in Japan, his pay per view did 10k buys, and the what? previous one in Abu Dhabi did 30k, less than 30k. Yeah. This again. This is like these one off exhibition things so you're saying tommy fury's the draw there yeah tommy fury is the biggest draw (laughs) on that card no there's no way i'm sorry there's no way that uh a pro boxing floyd mayweather fight right now outdraws a jake paul Oh, you're saying like a legitimate one not like a this is this is what we've just been saying for the last five minutes no no like a legitimate one where he's fighting errol spence oh then it's not even close. Yes, yeah, I, 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 I actually didn't think you were saying that. I, I thought you were saying like one of these like sort of fantasy matchups, him versus. No, man, these are these are not real fights. I'm talking about a real fight. Wait a second, are you saying they're rigged? No, I'm not saying that either. Because <laughs> I'll have Twitter swallow you no. up too. Oh, versus now you're yeah now you're talking about legit opponents too. Yeah. Then no 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 I wasn't talking about legit. I was just saying Floyd in these bizarro no, fights. But that I'm he's... saying even Anderson like if it was a pro boxing fight against yeah. Anderson Silva, then yeah. I still, I don't know. I, I'm with. Yeah, then with yeah, Rick. still. Right, pay per view records does Floyd own? Floyd, Floyd is is a must. I just watch think he ha- fighter. Yes, but I think he has done a lot of damage to his. Uh, yeah, there's there's an argument, but marketability only because he's continuing to do like it's exhibition after exhibition after exhibition. If Floyd Mayweather right now goes, you know what, we're doing Connor again, and it's a pro fight. It outsells Jake Paul. Oh no! Doubt. Sh- well, Connor's. I mean, come yeah, that's, I mean, that's, like, that's, a, that's the biggest uh, thing. You comparing Anderson Silva to Conor McGregor? Pick an opponent. A Floyd Mayweather. Okay, let me ask you this. Matters. Let me ask it you matters. this. Floyd versus Nate. Nate pro? versus Jake. Yeah, like a fight. A real fight? Yeah, I'm, I think Mayweather for sure. What do you think, uh, GC? I think I think Mayweather as well. Because of the pay per view buys, like the market that. Floyd Mayweather is going to attract. I think he will get more buys. It is. It is not insignificant. The idea of somebody being Floyd Mayweather's first loss. Well, that, it is yeah. not insignificant. Especially if it's Nate Diaz, then you're drawing from. I mean, Diaz versus Mayweather. You're drawing from so many different markets. But if you're talking about selling pay per views on Mio or whatever the heck yeah, these platforms that, are, like, yeah, of course. But a real fight. By the way, I don't yeah, think it was called a, Mio. With a real promotion. Mio was like too. the thing that our sponsor that we had <laughs> yeah, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, the craft Mio thing. energy. Mio energy, you like um, squeeze this thing into whatever, water. Whatever whatever those those things are. But yeah, a Floyd Mayweather fight is still must is still an attraction no doubt. A real fight. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not denying that. A Logan Paul exhibition. I'm fight just saying right now, going something. back to the original point. Right now, I think these Jake fights are bigger than whatever Floyd is doing. Yeah, these like. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, the yeah. initial thing that kicked this off was yes. Jake Paul. Anderson Silva is def- has definitely sold more than what the Floyd Mayweather Deji card is going to do. Yeah, yeah, but but Floyd versus Anderson in a real fight, I'm I'm picking that fight to sell more. Nah, I don't know about that. I mean, it's Floyd Mayweather. It yeah, I just I just I just really wonder. I, I feel like his fights just happen in this weird vacuum right now because they're not because real they fights. are weird yeah they're they're not real fights they're, there's zero stakes to them at all they're not real fights so, throwing yeah. on some boxing do you guys think they're rigged and, and trotting out there no stop no, I, don't I don't think that i don't think that they're rigged are there they're any rigged fights why, why, why do people come up with this stuff why don't by the way let me ask you this why do people why are people first of all why do we need to rig a fight for floyd mayweather no but why are people so quick to throw out the rig but not in boxing or fighting and not in other sports I actually uh, think it might be easier to fake it in a sport where you're not getting punched. Because, like, just think about how hard it is to fake getting punched, right? Well, we'd be naive to pretend that it's never happened, right? We'd be sure. naive to say that there's no such thing. That would be naive. That would that would be a thousand percent. Do you think it happens silly. a lot more now with you know the 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 rise of gambling and whatnot? And nah, yeah, there's yeah, well, I mean, the, the biggest incentivized. Thing, I also think that I just think gambling has always been there, like. For the last yeah. century, whether it's legal or not, it, it's always been there. And I think there have been fights that have been rigged because of gambling, for sure. <sighs> yes, but the recent ones, the ones that everyone are so quick to say. Yes, like Jake Paul Anderson Silva? No, I do not think no. that that was rigged. It's cr- I wonder why people went, go to that place. Because they don't want it to be they, true. Yeah, they, they don't, don't want the result to be true. Well, it, it, They've created a world in their head. Where Jake Paul can't be as good at boxing as they as they want him to be, and then when he is, they have to come up with a justification for it. They have to make up something. There has to be a reason why Jake Paul is as good as he is, and it can't be that he's really that good. Well, speaking of Jake Paul, speaking let's talk of. to Jake Paul. Uh, Jake Paul is here to join us. I appreciate him doing this. He uh, was on center stage Saturday at the newly renamed Desert Diamond Arena. He defeated Anderson Silva fair and square. I think his best performance thus far as a pro boxer, hard to deny that, hard to deny that he's come a very long way in the past year. He's kind enough to join us. Let's not waste any time and say hello to Jake Paul. Jake, how are we feeling? Thanks for doing this, man. I'm sick, man. I woke up really sick. Uh, sorry about that. That's no why problem. I'm, that's why I'm late. I feel like shit, but I pulled it together. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Under a tough circuit, what do you what are you feeling? Like, is it your body from the fight? Are you feeling uh, like a cold or something? What are you no, feeling? It's like I'm like a cold or something. Like it's my nose is stuffy and uh, and I'm like coughing up phlegm. Ah, shit. All right. Well, I'm sorry about this, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll make it I'll make it quick so we won't. Uh, you know, make you feel worse. Congrats on the win. Uh, 36 hours later, how do you feel about what you did out there on Saturday? Uh, it's still, you know, pretty crazy to me, you know, beating one of the greatest combat strikers of all time. Um, I'm just proud of myself. I'm proud I was able to execute everything we worked on in the gym. This is the first fight where everything was slowed down for me and I was able to like really, really handle the moment really well. Um, and just executed the game plan perfectly. Um, felt really comfortable in there. And, you know, here we are, man. It's unbelievable. It's surreal. Um, and I, I can't believe that 
I actually pulled it off, but I'm I'm very proud of myself. What are you thinking in the first round when he's hardly throwing, throwing less than Tyron Woodley? Did you expect that, or did you uh, did you find yourself surprised by that? Yeah, uh, we expected him to start slow. I think he was just trying to gauge what it was that I was going to do. Uh, he was trying to like get my timing. Um, so yeah, he's known for for starting slow, and then you know. He, he did pick it up right away, though, like in the second round, and he started to get angry. Yes, and then we saw some of the old antics come out, right? The dancing, even the fake that he was going to kick you or something. It was like an interesting little sequence there. When you're face, like it's one thing to watch that. It's another thing to live that. You lived it. What is that like? Um, It didn't bother me at all, really. Like, I don't get why fighters do all that extra shit because – then a couple of rounds later, they're tired and not doing it anymore. <laughs> so it's like you just wasted your energy on that and it doesn't do anything. Like it doesn't win you the fight. If anything, it does the opposite. Like judges see that and they're like, oh, he's not pressing the action. And there was a couple of times where he had his hands down and I just fucking jabbed him like three times to the body. Um, so I don't know. I don't get why fighters do that. And they think it's like cool. Or they think it's going to intimidate me or something. I don't know. Uh, did you feel like he got tired as the fight went on? Yeah, we both did. <laughs> we both did. Uh, maybe him more than me, for sure. But my body shots were adding up. I threw way, way more body shots than him. And I think that was the difference, really, in the fight. Um, and it slowed him down uh, as the later rounds went on. And I saw it. I saw it in his eyes. Um, so... I don't think he was expecting that from from me uh, to throw that many body shots. Uh, I said at the beginning of today's show that the Jake who fought and beat Tyron Woodley in August in Cleveland doesn't win this fight on Saturday. Do you agree with that? Absolutely agree. Um, even even the Jake that fought Tyron Woodley in Tampa wouldn't have beat this version of Anderson Silva. I. I've gotten so much better this year, so much sharper. Um, and, you know, it's kudos to my team, but also I've only been doing this as a professional for about three years now. So this year was the third year um, where everything really just started to click in the gym um, and just handling the moment and the pressure. I think still in those fights in Cleveland and Tampa, uh, I was still learning how to work with the crowd still learning how to, you know, feel good under the lights, uh, hold in the anticipation uh, of, of the big moment. So that's, you know, that's art. And now I really have that down uh, and don't, wasn't nervous for this fight at all. Wow. And just felt like I was supposed to be there. Were you surprised by the booze when you came out? No, <laughs> no. I mean, I was surprised there was a lot of, I guess in the sense of like, how many people were there for Anderson? Yes, yeah. uh, that was that was definitely shocking. But um, I feel like I always get booed, even in my hometown. I was in Cleveland. I was getting booed. Uh, I think that's the the audience that likes to watch me is fifty percent. They want to see me lose, and fifty percent are supporting. And there's really no gray area. Uh, they're like most people aren't coming to see a fight. They either hate me or they want me to win. Where did you think you were at going into the eighth? Did you think that you needed to, you know, to stop him in order to win the fight? Was that just an exclamation point? Where did you think you were at mentally? Um, 
I thought at that point in time I was up five rounds to two. Okay. Um, so you thought you had it? So, yeah. Yeah. I knew I was winning. Uh, and and I knew that his coaches probably thought that too, and that they told him to like come out really hard and really strong. Mm. Uh, I think to try and get me out of there because I, I think he knew that he was losing. And I think that's where he got caught was, you know, overextending himself and uh, standing up in the pocket. Um, so I don't know. What what did you have it scored going into the eighth? It, it was hard because I was, uh, you know, I was, I was working the broadcast. I thought you were up. I thought you were up either uh, f- uh, four to three or five to two. Yeah, yeah. Some of them were super close. I would love to see open score. Do you think open scoring would be? Uh, I ask a lot of people this question. Do you think it would be uh, a benefit to someone in your position? Like, would you have liked to know for sure where you're at, or you don't care about that? Um, I mean, my coaches pretty much score it. You know, they tell me uh, when I come back to the corner. Um, and they had it. They had it scored that same way, like five rounds to two, pretty much. Um, so they knew I was up. I think open scoring would be interesting. I, I see both sides of it, though. Like, would it make you like fight harder if you're down on the scorecard? Right. Or like, I I don't know. I think that's just something you should like know and feel, and and you know if it's a close fight. So you really gotta press the action regardless uh if it's a close fight so i don't know i asked you afterwards uh what will they say now and uh, i made a point not to look at uh twitter or anything you okay you doing all right yeah i know i'm good i'm good all right <laughs> i'm sorry uh well, no, it's okay you, this is a tougher uh you know matchup for you than saturday night against uh anderson um yeah I said, what will they say now? And it was like an honest question because I didn't know what people were saying. I didn't look at Twitter during the broadcast or anything like that. Uh, And then I get on Twitter and I see a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, he's too old. He's not a real boxer. The same old hits. What are you hearing? What are they saying now? Do you feel like you're getting props for this? Or do you feel like people are bringing up other stuff to discredit you? I think think smart people with intelligence are giving me props and respect like the WBC president, you know, saying that anyone who says Jake is not a real boxer is just bitter and is a hater. Um, You know, people like Teddy Atlas showing me mad respect. A lot of fighters showing me mad respect. Um, A lot of MMA guys texting me saying that you look really sharp. That was the best you fought. Ryan Garcia showing me respect. So the smart people who I care about are, uh, you know, showing that love. There are the the people who will always be there in my career that are discrediting it. And now they're saying it's, it was rigged. They're like, it went from Jake's going to get knocked out by Anderson to, Oh, that was rigged. Um, Does this drive you nuts? It drives me nuts. Just seeing people make up this shit. Uh, I talked about it earlier on the show. When you see this, it's like, look at him. He didn't really get punched. Look at how he fell. How do you react when you see this stuff? I lose faith in, my generation and my peers and like us as a society and in a world just when i see that type of stuff and that type of stupidity uh <laughs> yeah it just it just sucks and it sucks me that i work so hard for this you know like i dedicate everything sacrifice everything every single day uh, bust my balls you know have a 15 person team working 
around the clock to, to help me become the best boxer possible. And when I do something like beating Anderson Silva, yeah, they try to they try to take it away from me. But I know I know deep down, and I guess that's all that really matters. Um, earlier in the in the program, we had uh, your old friend Tommy Fury on. Um, I'm sure you're not surprised to hear that he wasn't very impressed with your performance. He said that he would beat you easily. You fought an old man, all this stuff. He's ready to fight you after his fight next week. Do you have any interest in this fight against Tommy Fury? Yeah, there's there's definitely interest. Uh, I think if his team is taking the financial risk and like putting the event on, uh, then I'm cool with that. I just don't want to take the risk anymore because I think he's going to back out <laughs> again, most likely. Um but it's an easy fight for me, like way easier than Anderson. The kid's a novice. He's never fought anyone good. He's never even fought an eight-round fight. <laughs> so uh, he just doesn't have the experience like I do, which is crazy to say because he's been doing it his whole life. Uh, but people call him a professional boxer, and they respect him as a professional boxer. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to strip that title from him and – I, I wouldn't even actually have to train for that fight. I would still train because I'm a, I'm a professional, but I wouldn't have to train to fight him. He still can't come to the States. Would you be willing to fight him in the UK or somewhere overseas? Yeah, yeah. You would? I think that would be epic. <laughs> I, I uh, And I love going to those crowds, you know, because they would all boo me. Um, and then I just like, I shut them up all the time. Uh, so I, I like playing that role and like being the, the heel. Uh, especially in the UK. Uh, when we spoke in the ring, you said, Nate, you said Canelo. You didn't mention Tommy, but I feel like that could be the easiest one to make. Is there a chance that's next for you? Um, I guess we have to go to the drawing board. Like, I haven't really even had a chance to like, decompress and like see if there's other fighters calling me out. Um, but definitely a lot of options on the table. Um and just going to do what makes the most sense and makes the, the most hype. Um, so back to the drawing board, I guess. What, what happened in the, uh, the hallway with Nate's team and your team? What do you know now that maybe you didn't know on Saturday? Yeah. Um, they were talking shit to someone on my team and like flipping them off and shit. And then they threw a water bottle at my teammate um, and then they started just throwing like liquids and boxes and random shit up in the air. And that's when my security got involved and like rushed to them. And they like backed all the way down the hallway. Um, and one, some person from my team was like, just walking by trying to get into my locker room, which is right there. And he got like caught in the crossfire. He didn't even know what was going on. And all of a sudden he got like choked. Um, but then my security rushed them and, they like pussied out and like ran away. That would obviously be a gigantic deal. Do you think that fight happens next year? If if he's actually out of his UFC contract, um, I would be down. You know, I, I just beat one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. Nate Diaz is easy work. Anderson Silva is way more difficult than Nate Diaz. Um, you think so? Why? But well, he's like slow and at the end of his career, like he's lost it. Uh, as far as striking, you know, like maybe he still has jujitsu, but as far as like striking and, and all that, um, 
he's just like a street fighter. And this is boxing is like a purest sport. Uh, it's art. And you can't come in and street fight someone in a boxing match. Um, Anderson has length, has the height. Anderson hits harder, uh, is more slippery, has better head, head movement. The list goes on. Um, so. Of all the options I, out I there. Know, I know so. I know so that Nate is easier. Of all the options out there, which one do you think sells the most? Which is which is the biggest fight that you think you can get? Uh, yeah, pro- probably Nate. Probably Nate is the biggest. Um, it it would be interesting still to fight Floyd though in an actual professional bout. Is that uh, something you want? I've never really heard yeah. you talk about Floyd recently. Yeah, I, I first of all, that's still a big fight, and he's still a massive, massive draw. And if it was an actual pro match, I think people would be super, super interested. Um, You're so much bigger than him, no? Like, isn't he 47, 54? How low can you get? So he fought my brother weighing, uh, Logan was weighing 190. I could get to 175. Wow. And Floyd could, Floyd could weigh 165, and a commission would approve that. Wow. That's like a bucket list fight for you. Yeah, I just know I would win and I would love to take his his O and it would be a, a massive uh you know, a massive fight, like as far as pay per views. Um so I I would love to do that for sure. In terms of like checklists, what's the biggest one that you want to check off next? Is it fight the real boxer is it fight a guy like nate like you know what i mean like i feel like you're checking off things with every fight what's that big one that you hear the most about that you haven't done that you want to kind of cross off so that people at least stop bringing that up um like what what do you feel like drives you at this point yeah i mean i feel like definitely professional boxer is like the number one criticism uh but anyone who again, is smart, knows that Anderson Silva is a real professional boxer and just beat a former world champion. So I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really been on social media, like seeing if people are still criticizing because of that. Like I've seen the rigged thing, but uh, yeah, I, at this point, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and fight whoever's ready and willing to actually show up. And and speaking of that, and I'll, I'll let you go in a moment. Thank you again for the time. And speaking of that, one thing I've never asked you about, but I've always wondered, most people get into fighting to make money, right? It's prize fighting. They usually come from tough backgrounds. They want to get rich. And then what happens often, they get rich, very rich, generational wealth, and then they lose that sort of fire, right? You came into this as a relatively rich man. You're obviously a lot richer now by doing this, but you already had money. And so at some yeah. point, is there any part of you that's like, yo, I have my millions. Why am I waking up to do this? And you're so young and so fresh in your career, but you already have the money that people dream of having at the end of their career. So why would you keep fighting, sparring, running when you already got to the other side of the rainbow and have everything that people usually fight for? I love it, man. I love this shit. I'm addicted to it. I love all aspects of it. Like Even I was cutting weight for this fight, and I was just like, man... Something about this I fucking love, which is weird. It, but it's like the challenge of it, um, the warrior feel, getting in the ring under those lights like a gladiator, 
this is what I was made to do and it's fucking addicting and um I, I wouldn't change it for anything, man. And I feel like I was put on this earth to box. Um and, and it's helped me in so many different ways. It's helped me uh, with routine, discipline, uh, helped me figure out who I am as a person and as a man. Um, and I, I owe this sport everything, man. And I, I just love it so much. I have such a deep burning passion for this sport. And so ultimately, do you think you've already exceeded your own expectations from the kid who started this three years ago? Like that video of you punching, hitting mitts, <laughs> that's absurd. It like doesn't even look like the same human being. Would you say you've already exceeded your own expectations? 100%. 100%. Anything else that happens now is just a cherry on top. You know, my brother just says that I should retire and leave the leave the world and just like leave people with their jaws dropped. Like that kid just went 6-0, beat some of the MMA's best um, and then just doesn't do it anymore. But I'm not going to do that. Uh, but I have exceeded my own expectations. And I think this is just the start, man. Like I'm really starting to get good. Um, and there's a lot of people that I want to beat and I want to be a world champion. And you think you get to 10 fights? For sure. I originally was like, I'll go 10 and 0 and then retire. But now I'm 6 and 0 and it feels like I just am getting warmed up. So who knows what, who knows what ends up happening. Realistically, when do you fight again? Um, sometime next year, like early, probably Q1 or Q2 of next year. Oh, that Q1? That's not that far away. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be down. If, wow. if we can make, if we can make something happen. Like, I've just had such a long time off, right? Right. Um, and I've been training this whole year, but the point of this sport is to go in and actually fight, so. It, I'm down to stay active. Crystal Ball, who's that guy? Man. I don't know. It's wide open I right now. Know. Yeah, I don't know. And I need to fucking talk to Nikisa. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure it out, though. What were you going to say there? Uh, no, I've just been like celebrating. And, oh, okay. Like, I'm sick now, and like I just need to have discussions with, sure, with uh, fresh. Lisa about like who's available and who, like, what the word on the street has been. I'm sure he's been talking to people. Um, so we'll see. Okay. Uh, two last things. How confident are you that this fighters association that was part of the, uh, you know, the bed, of course, uh, which you won. Uh, how confident are you that this happens? And how confident are you that, well, it's a three-part. How confident are you that it happens, that Anderson helps? And then what needs to happen? Now, like, what are you doing to actually get this off the ground? Yeah, um, I'm very confident it happens and that Anderson will help. I think he's a man of his word and this is needed. Uh, it's been needed for so long. Um, and right now we're we're talking with lawyers uh, to get everything set up and to figure out the structure and to start to ideate on what this union looks like and how it will be operated. And um, obviously you need the fighters to be on board. Are you confident they'll be on board considering you're somewhat polarizing to them? Yeah, no, I think that's, well, I think that's where people like 
Anderson Silva joining mm. really help because they, they respect him. But I, I think that fighters, regardless of if they hate me or love me, I'm trying to help them. And they just should see that because I'm just continuing to help fighters nonstop. And they should see the things I've done for Amanda Serrano and like the situation that she was in. Um, and I just want to help so they could hate me or, or not really even respect me but we should be on the same team that's the whole point of this union is let's band together and be strong as one um and so i might not even like a certain fighter that wants to be in the union but it doesn't matter i'm putting my ego aside because this is going to benefit all of us and finally speaking of amanda serrano earlier today we had katie taylor on we got to see this man we got to see this and and i feel and i worry with all due respect i worry you and eddie and your issue is the roadblock to seeing this happen. Croke Park, 80,000 people in May in Ireland. This would be like one of the greatest scenes ever in boxing. Can we put aside our issues with Eddie to make this happen? What do you think? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, that that has nothing to do with it. You know, Amanda wants to make that happen. Um, and she wants to become undisputed at 126. So she wants to go after Erica Cruz, um, get that last belt to be undisputed. Um, and she wants this rematch with Katie Taylor. So just figuring out the business side of it and what makes sense and when. Um, we, haven't, we haven't heard anything from their side. We've made offers financially um, and haven't, nothing's come from their end. So we've been the one pushing the envelope and pushing the ball forward and um, they've been kicking the can down the road. All right, well, hopefully it happens. Uh, they say they have a date. They have the venue, Croke Park, 80,000 people. Would be pretty damn incredible to be a part of that. Another notch on your belt. So, I mean, you know, I'm just trying... Should I bring Eddie in? Maybe we could do a little, you know, a little rematch of the face-to-face, something like that. I don't know. I mean, look, if, if you and I could settle our differences, I feel like you and Eddie can settle your differences. Sorry. The, the difference is you're not... You're a great person, and we just, like made fun of each other on Twitter, like as jokes, right. like I have no, I have nothing against you. Like you've always been there, you know, supporting me, rooting for me. Um, and I really appreciate that. And so if we joke on Twitter, that's one thing, but no, Eddie, Hearn is actually a, Eddie Hearn's actually a fucking, he's a snake. So he's a, he's a bad person. So, um, so yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, feel better. Um, congratulations, man. What a scene, what a spectacle. A lot of respect for you. Uh, I, I don't think Thank people you, understand man. what it means to go eight rounds with Anderson Silva. I don't care what his age is. And I agree with everything you said about him versus who a typical 5-0, and 6-0 boxer is fighting. So I hope you are proud of yourself. Hold your head up high. And uh, what a week for the Paul family. Now your brother's off to Saudi Arabia to challenge Roman Reigns on November 5th, this Saturday. So incredible stuff. Congrats to all of you and enjoy the victory. And I hope you feel better. Thanks for doing this. Thanks. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. All right. There he is. Jake Paul joining us under the weather, but uh, kind enough to join us. And so it's going to be one of the stories to watch, one of the stories to follow, one of the stories to monitor come 2023. Uh, who's up next? Where are they fighting? Tommy in the UK would be huge. Um, or maybe, you know, somewhere in the in the Middle East. I would love it in the UK. Um, you know, Nate would be huge. He just threw out the Floyd Mayweather name interesting uh i'm kind of leaning towards 
this is what I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards Tommy and Nate fighting someone else, and then they both, you know, maybe get that victory and, and meet next summer. I do think doing it in the summertime, like the Woodley fight, nothing else was going on in sports. I think that helps to a degree. Um, so I'm curious to see how it all plays out. And uh, I'm curious to see Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns on Saturday. I know the guys back there. You guys going to watch that back there? Can't beat that. Yeah. Cannot wait. <laughs> uh, tremendous stuff. Uh, appreciate him fighting through that under the yeah, weather. Great interview, man. Yeah, you enjoyed that? Yeah, I like the, uh, the nice comment at the end about, you know, he's just giving you shit on Twitter. Because, yeah, yeah, you know, I didn't take that. Um, too personally, although I did, I did get fired up on that Monday. <laughs> but we settled the 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 quote unquote beef. It wasn't really a beef. It was more, you know, uh, disagreement, right? Yeah. Sometimes this happens. I think it was just banter, to be honest. Yeah, it was bants. You know, it was just uh, it was just friendly ribbing, right? Yes. Yes. All right. Um, I got to go trick or treating with my kids. So, Frank, you going trick or treating? No. I'm going to watch Hereditary. I don't know what that is. It's a movie. The chat's been telling me to watch it. I'm going to watch it. The chat has been? Yeah. Like, you're interacting with the chat on what's going on? Sometime last week. What? Yeah. What's going on over here? I'm gone rogue. Is New York Rick gone? He's still here. Wow. I thought he would have been gone. I thought he would have been uh, 10 houses deep at this point. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, GC, are you going trick or treating? I wish. No. Are you a give-out-candy type of guy? Uh, yeah. They do a little something at my apartment. Do kids come around in the apartment? Yeah. All right. I got a bowl. You got a bowl? Yeah, nothing too crazy. I feel like you're one of those leave-the-bowl-outside. Bring some of that candy in on Wednesday. I you f- bring you know candy what? in. That's all Frank's been talking about all show. GC's... Oh, for me? Sure, I'll be happy to. He uh, says nobody brings in any candy. GC, I feel like, is a big full candy bar guy. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, one day down the road when I got out. I feel you like know. your house is that type of house, like the I'm, one you grew up in. Yeah. Am I oh, right? Yeah, Halloween was great. Yeah, full candy bars, everything. No mini know. stuff. Get that shit no, out no of No mini stuff. Yeah. Are you a full candy bar house? Do people no, know how to go not. to the Hell One? Absolutely. House? Not. Uh-huh. absolutely not. They're getting, they're We're getting the mini apples. Of the mini. And apples, candy corn, toothbrushes, toothpaste, books. Skip that, that house. Skip that Hawanis. You know you're not getting anything good. Yep. I uh, even turn off the lights. I mean, we can't be bothered. Uh, thank you very much to all our guests, Jake Paul, Sean O'Malley, Sean Brady, Tommy Fury, Safe Sood, and the great Katie Taylor herself. What a show. What a day. What an episode. Thanks to them. Thanks to you. Back on Wednesday. Same time and place. Until I say, I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 
888-789-8888. Hope and Wire, text Hope and Wire, that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.